You're listening to Video Monsters, a weekly podcast. Uh, well, uh, mostly weekly. Sometimes more, sometimes less. <sighs> All right, fine. A mostly weekly podcast of Creatures Talking Features with your hosts, Nathan Simmons and Eric Harris. Video Monsters is brought to you by the Chattanooga Film Festival and Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or online at chatfilmfest.org and centralcinema865.com. And links for each of these can also be found on our pages, so be sure to follow us at Video Monster Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Hello and welcome to Video Monsters, where we take movies seriously, just not ourselves. I'm Nathan. And I'm Eric. And before we get started, uh, we just wanted to take a minute to say that here at Video Monsters, uh, we stand with Black Lives Matter, we stand against racism, and uh, yeah, everything that's going on in the world right now really, really sucks. And uh, Eric and I do usually end most of our episodes talking about how, you know, you shouldn't be racist and you shouldn't be an asshole, and... We just wanted to uh, to take some time on the beginning of this episode to especially highlight f- racism. So that is our viewpoint. Uh, you, <laughs> racism is a very, very bad thing, which shouldn't need to be said, but for some reason still needs to be said. And um, yeah, so we are just taking the time to make sure that we are very explicit with how we feel about the current climate. Um, and, and also, we do think that it's important to stand up for your rights. We think that it's important to get out there and protest. But if you are going to be protesting, remember that we are still in the middle of a pandemic. So please, please, yep. please be as safe as possible. Please practice social distance in as much as possible. Wear masks. Do whatever you need to do to, uh, to still be as safe as possible. Because while we are fighting racial injustice, we're also trying to, you know, fight that whole global pandemic. Um, and also remember that voting season is coming up very, very soon and having an impact on who is in charge and who is able to affect social change. Uh, that's that's an important thing. So, yeah, get out there and vote. Let your voice be heard. Just again, stay safe, not just during the protest, but also in quarantine. <clears throat> all right. Yeah, I feel like we have to say this every election, but um, <laughs> this election feels uh, very important, <laughs> much more important than any past election, even though, like I said, we, I feel, it seems like we have to say that every single election, but um, yeah, anyway, sorry, yeah. And See, I, I just ruined your whole spiel. Oh, no, no, it's beautiful. We, we uh, again, we end, especially recently, we've been ending just about every single episode with don't be an asshole. And that's even more important. Uh, Obviously, societal ills are not going away anytime soon. Obviously, this is something that has been with us for a very long time. It's something that's going to continue to be with us, but that doesn't mean that we should not stand up against it. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't do what we can to to have an impact. Uh, And it is important to have your voices be heard. And we're also aware here at Video Monsters that we're a couple of straight cis white dudes. Um, So our voices are not the ones that you should be hearing on this topic. I think that it is important for white people to speak up against racism, but listen to minorities, listen to black people, listen to the LGBT community, listen to the people who are actually being marginalized, listen to the people who are actually uh, facing all of the hate and oppression. These are the people that you need to be listening to. It's important for us to stand up as well, 
but make sure that you also just shut up and listen sometimes. Uh, and also take care of your own mental health. Um, there's very, very important things going on, but it can be exhausting. Even just reading the news and, and reposting articles about these are the things that you need to be aware of. It is angering and exhausting and frustrating. And sometimes you need to take a break. And so honestly, that's part of what we're doing tonight is we are taking a little bit of our own mental health break to talk about movies because this is video monsters, not politics monsters. We are not political science majors. We are not the ones who have all of the information. Uh, if you do need to listen to experts, then listen to podcasts that actually have experts talking about these issues. That's not us. We have our opinions and we certainly make those opinions known. Um, but the, we, we are going to talk about movies. Um, so with that, let's start talking about movies. We have with us tonight, Mark Covino and Andrew Austin, which I'm always so happy when they join us. Uh, <laughs> they are a lot of fun to talk to. We've already been having a lot of fun before we even hit record. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we have just as much fun for the rest of this episode. And part of the reason they're here is because we are finally getting around to doing our chat film fest coverage. Um, <laughs> which the, the last I'm episode bad. i think that we, it's all eric's fault <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's always my fault it is all his fault uh i, I want to say that the last episode that we did no 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 we did the uh matinee episode the episode before that one um when we did nope see now i'm already getting my episodes mixed up one of the recent episodes that we did we had mark and andrew on and that was when chat film fest was supposed to be taking place back in april but again, that whole pandemic crap hit. So things had to be postponed and the virtual chat film fest was at this point a week ago, week and a half ago recently. Uh, and we spent most of the weekends chatting with the, with each other on messenger and sort of having our own little film lobby during and between these movies. So we're going to continue that conversation. And I think, think that's everything else that i have to say for now i'm i'm sure that eric and i are gonna keep talking about you know racism on many 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 episodes but for tonight let's get into some movies so mark andrew say hello mark Uh let's start with you (laughs) say hello mark Uh uh-oh can you uh, hear him? Did, no, we've lost Mark again. Oh, oh no! Great. I, I, I wish the I wish the audience could see the their faces. It looked like you were both like just waiting on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> can you guys hear me now? Yes, okay, we can yeah, hear yeah. you now. There we go. There, there you are. Are. <laughs> no, thanks for having us back, guys. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Uh, Andrew, say hello. Yeah, looking forward to this episode and helping our mental health. You know. <laughs> yeah, the world's exhausting. I just. I can't, uh, we're, we're not going to go down that rabbit trail, but let me just say I am exhausted just reading about everything that's going on. I cannot even begin to imagine how just how f-ing oppressive it is to actually live this every single day, which is why it's important, uh, to, to stand up and speak against racism. Sorry. I, yeah. it, it is a thing that is just constantly burdening me. I will try to just focus on movies the rest of the night. I'm, I'm trying, guys. I'm really trying. It's, it's, it's hard. All right. <clears throat> so, yeah. Totally understand. Movies. Yeah. Chat Film Fest. It's awesome. It's fun. Yeah, I do have to yeah. say it was a lot of fun uh, keeping up that 
chat throughout the whole weekend. And I think it, it was very uh, well said when you called it the virtual lobby or however you phrased it, because it really didn't know. feel like that. It was just a constant. Well, I mean, I had to definitely mute the chat quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> just a perpetual barrage of like, well, I'm 10 minutes into scare package. And here's what I already <laughs> isn't always how. You a didn't like is. my running, uh, my running commentary through every single movie that I was watching. I mean, I liked it, but I scrolled back up. <laughs> I treated it like a lobby in, instead of somebody yelling back <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> this part I enjoyed. <laughs> I got hey, the, the, the weird thing <laughs> is, like, I am absolutely the kind of person that if someone's talking during a movie, it's like you shut up. You are. We did not pay to hear you talk. Right. But then online, it's just like, here, let me say all of the words. Yeah, when you got a pause button, too, that's really helpful. It does help Man, it a lot. And it was really nice. Yeah. That was one of the things that I mentioned beforehand that I was most looking forward to is the ability to pause things because <laughs> I constantly have to pause things because there's always something going on. So yeah, yeah, it was really nice. Not even that, but uh, being able to see the movie that you want to see whenever you want to see it was really cool. Yeah that's that that was one of the best and the worst parts just in terms of like it was great that i could watch the movie whenever i want it was also mm-hmm. a little frustrating that sometimes it was like ah crap i have to go do this other thing or like i, I really want to watch this live event yeah. oh it's okay i can come back to this movie so like i there's probably mm-hmm. 10 of the features that i watched <laughs> that i had to keep spacing out and like pausing and coming back to it 30 minutes later and but, I mean, my yeah, my favorite film of the fest. I got to see just before they sh- they locked the fest up uh, on Tuesday morning. <laughs> Which one was, was that? The last movie I saw, uh, Dirty God. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's it's a straight up drama. I mean, it's really a, it's hard to compete it against a bunch of genre pictures, but um, but it was really good, and I'm I'm happy that it was like the last film I saw of the fest. Yeah. Yeah, I I barely got through that one. There, there was about twenty or thirty minutes that I wasn't able to get through, which sucks. But again, I <laughs> I watched a lot of movies. I I probably watched more this year than I have any other year. Um, oh, for sure. But because of things like I I didn't have to keep saying, oh well, I can't talk now. I have to go catch this movie, or I can't catch this movie because I have to talk. So mm-hmm. it was just constantly watching movies, and it, mm-hmm. yeah, especially the. Uh, it was weird, like. Oh, good. Oh, no, I was just going to say, especially the night before they closed it. So like Monday night when was, this is closing in the morning, it's like I have so many shorts that I have to get through. <laughs> I'm I'm staying up for all of them. And then I stayed up to like four o'clock in the morning watching shorts. That was the <laughs> yeah. kind of funny thing is like typically whenever we go to a film fest, you know, you might have two movies and an event competing against each other for your attention. But this was different because at the very beginning it was like you can watch just about anything you want immediately and it was like oh my god what do i choose yeah. it's like i can have it all but i still don't know like, like i still have this like burden of trying to decide what to start with what to prioritize yeah and like but you yeah, can go I back mean, and good and, problem to have yeah and like you can go back and watch those live events later but then they weren't which live i didn't know and, at first yeah I, I didn't either but 
even once I found that out, I was still like, man, the live events are part of what is giving uh, the virtual CFF its uh, its overall feel because of the fact mm. that that's what made me feel like I was actually there watching things with people. You know, I was watching it as it was happening rather than just going back. And, you know, even though not all of my questions were actually asked, knowing that as they were talking about something, if I had a question, I can go ahead and type it in. You know, it, it gave that sense of actually uh, feeling like you were a part of it. Um, so tonight's episode obviously is going to be a little bit different than most of our other standard <laughs> reviews that we do because we're trying to cover an entire film festival and not just a single movie. There were a lot of movies. There were, I want to say, 25 feature films and 54 shorts, I think, wow. roughly. Um, right. And I watched almost all of them. <clears throat> there's no possible way that we're going to get through every single movie in as much detail as we would like. Um, but we are going to do our best to get through as much as possible. And hopefully we'll get through all of it in one episode. It might be a very long episode. It might be an episode that's split into two parts, but we are sure going to try to get through all of this in, uh, in one go. Um, but just in case you're wondering about what the, uh, the overall flow of tonight's episode is going to be, uh, we're going to start out with just some of the overall thoughts of the fest, which we've already started doing. Uh, then we're going to jump into some of the, the live events that, the, that really stuck out to us because I feel like that is part of what gave the virtual uh, film festival so much of its uh, personality is those live events. Then we'll jump into some of the features that stood out to us, uh, some of the short films, and then um, how this potentially is going to have an impact on the way that film fests go in the future. And then if we have time, we'll jump back into whatever other movies we haven't seen so far. <clears throat> Sorry, not seen, but haven't discussed so far. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thoughts on the overall festival. And we, we should say, just uh, for the sake of transparency, I guess. Uh, Mark, you are on the uh, board of CFF, correct? Correct. Yes. So... Uh, Obviously, Mark is going to say a lot of positive things, or he's going to be silent about things. <laughs> uh, and Andrew and Mark have both had film screen at CFF. So obviously, there is going to be some bias, but I feel like it's not bias so much as just genuine appreciation. Because if you guys didn't genuinely love CFF, then you wouldn't be so much a part of it. And if we didn't love uh, CFF, then we wouldn't talk about it as much as we do. So, um, so yeah. Uh, what, what were some of your thoughts about just the overall festival, um, well, especially with the virtual setting? I mean, even though I was on the board, I was very much uh, kind of left in the dark on a lot of things that were being set up. I, I was only in a few meetings where I had to say yay or nay. Um, so I was very much watching the fest from my computer connected to my 58 inch television, um, like just a well, regular show off. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was very much watching it like a regular viewer. And I think they knocked it out of the park. I, and, and specifically because we were chatting during the fest together on, on Facebook messenger. But, uh, the fact that you could interact with the live events and, um, it just it really did have a feel of being at a film festival even though i was at my home um you know there, there's obviously some limitations there we're not together we're not drinking together we're not you know going from movie to movie but uh talking to you guys and watching the movies together and feeling like there was like a family there 
uh, that that never went away during the online fest. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I watched uh, Chris Dorch's intro. You know, like the mm. the it's almost the first video that pops up when you sign into the platform was this introduction, mm. and he spelled that out. Uh, I thought uh, where okay. It's very much in the film festival's nature where we don't want to just make this a uh, VOD platform that has no personality. We're going to try to make these live events feel like a film festival. And I totally agree. It, it did that for me. Oh um, man. Speaking of personalities, <laughs> let me yeah. just say that one of the things that I, 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 I do love this regardless of whether or not I love everything that they did. I love the fact that there were like host personalities. So you had, uh, uh, was it Professor Morty? Yeah, you had uh, Beelzebub. Yeah. And, <laughs> and what was it? Professor Morty? Was that his name? Um, Morte. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah so That's like, right. and, and, uh, there was the set that they built. And so like it had a very, um, it had that feel yeah. of like early, uh, like early Joe Bob. Uh, um, yeah, drive I was gonna in say or like it re- reminded me or... of a combination of like early late night horror host mixed with uh, like public access, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah, um, no, like exactly. Like it really did have that have that feel, and they even used like VHS tapes and stuff in the background, and like the mm-hmm. old uh, like I guess what CRT TVs or whatever, like the tube TVs. Oh yeah. Um, it just gave it so much personality and it was very colorful and fun Mm. and had that kind of, yeah, it felt very CFF. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It felt so CFF that I don't want them to stop that. Like, no, I, I I loved it. Yeah. I I said this, I don't even know how many times uh, on our chat um, over the weekend, but it's just like, I want them to keep doing this, you know, like once a month, I'd, I'd love for them to do it every week. I would love for them to do a regular like CFF after hours, um, you know, just drive in movie style and, and have Chris talk about it and have some of those colorful characters and have Beelzebub just popping in to <laughs> God, who, kn- yeah, who knows what. Fantastic. The, the, thing that's the, most, the thing that really stuck out to me most about the, the virtual film fest is that like not one single aspect of it felt like it was half-assed in any way like and especially for chat film fest which is you know a smaller film festival is a non-profit like the fact that they went so far with everything and they put so much love and heart into it was just really like it was just so charming and fun and like really brightened my weekend up a lot even though you only watched like two movies Listen, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I have kids at home. What happens? Yeah, just ignore them. <laughs> Shut them in the closet, in a closet somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> Daddy's watching his movies. Leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. It w- it was really cool that I could actually, like, with a normal film festival, typically your movie is playing once or twice. And it's playing usually while other movies are being played or other events are going on, like a Joe Bob speaking event or something. And uh, so it was really cool that I could be like, oh, shit. Like, you know, <laughs> I can't see that movie at eight, but I can see it whenever I want. I can, you know, I'll see <laughs> right. it tomorrow. I can, I can see it at four in the morning. Yeah. I mean, within those four 
I think it was four days that the whole fest ran. Yeah, it started Friday morning and went yeah. until um, went until I, I want to say nine o'clock Tuesday morning. Technically, is when it shut off. Yeah, but that I mean that was great for me because uh, there's a lot of movies I haven't been able to see at film festivals simply you know for the simple fact that it's only playing at eight p.m. Saturday night and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I, so one of the things that, and again, we've already kind of mentioned this, but one of the things that I definitely missed about the uh, in-person film fest was the lobby, you know, being able to, to actually meet the people who were making the films, to actually be able to talk mm. to people. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't have met the two of you had it not been for that. And so, you know, the, that is absolutely part of what gives CFF its family um it's family environment, you know, like all the time you hear about the CFF BFFs or the CFF family. And it's because there is so much camaraderie. There is so much like meeting people and talking to people, forming those connections. And, and, and I did miss that and it does suck, but at the same time, it was really nice to not have to worry about, Ooh, I really want to go talk to that person over there. But this movie that I really want to see is about to start, so I'm either going to miss the movie that I'm here to see or miss yeah. talking to this person that I'm probably not going to have a chance to talk to otherwise. Um, so, yeah, ev- even though I missed it, it was, for me at least, a, a little uh, well, less anxiety-producing. Well, and to add on to that, though, too, is I feel like, at least in the sphere of people that I follow on Twitter, I feel like there were a lot lot of people online that were really rallying around the film festival and connecting and you know you saw like people doing live tweeting sessions and like they're like all right we're gonna watch this movie at this time so like i think the community kind of showed up anyway despite the fact that we couldn't be there together and i know like just from live tweeting things like screen drafts and a few other things like i connected with a few other people on twitter and like it really i mean i know it's not exactly the same thing but i mean i still talk to people that i would not have normally had a chance to connect with and i don't know like uh, there was something that was pretty special about that i think that and i'm not usually a social media kind of guy i mean i don't post a whole lot or anything but like that aspect of it really did add some more dimension to the festival and i really enjoyed that part of it yeah Yeah, what was great what was great for me is i you know because of my films i've got friends all over the world now who are filmmakers or film lovers and uh, so many have heard me talk about this film festival and they all want to go to this film festival, but you know, somebody in Germany is not going to fly over for Chad mm-hmm. film festival and, uh, unless they have a feature film in there. Um, and, uh, and all of these friends finally got to attend the Chattanooga film festival and get a sense of what it is and what it's like. Yeah. And, and that was really cool. And, and they loved it. They all told me that they felt like they were actually at a film festival. That's that's awesome. Yeah, for the uh, I've been four years now, five years. I don't remember how many years. It's been a few years in a row. And um, again, obviously, it's not exactly the same. But this very, very, very much felt like I had been to CFF, which, you know, having been there before and knowing what it's like in person, again, obviously something's lacking but it it absolutely felt like i was leaving cff to go back to my regular life um and and i made the joke a few times uh, as the weekend was drawing to to a close like oh man i'm so glad that cff is almost over so that i don't have to watch movies all day so that i can get back to watching movies all day so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and exactly. the funny thing is just, just like the real film festival as soon as it was all over i was really bummed <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a real uh, post-CFF blues that happened, and I was mm-hmm. kind of thinking, well, it's not going to happen this year because it's virtual, but it totally did. 
Oh yeah, for sure. A little empty uh, when it was all over. Well, that's uh, that's why we're here but that's, to console you through your post CFF news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So obviously, uh, Chat Film Fest is about films. Again, obviously the camaraderie. But uh, with some of those films, let's uh, let's dive into those because, dear lord, there was a lot of them. Um, what what were some of the highlights for you? Because uh, again, there were twenty five features, I think, uh, and I do have all of them listed on on my letterboxed, um, and there also should be listed on the CFF website. Um, but uh, but yeah. Well, well, I, I hope a lot of people got to check out Dementor <laughs> simply because I worked on it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also because you know my friend Chad Crawford Kinkle directed it, and and I think he's a a unique original filmmaker who has a voice um for southern horror uh that i think is lacking in a lot of horror these days um and uh and so anyway that was playing but the films that really stood up for me were actually very female driven films um there was a movie called jumbo (laughs) yeah there was it's essentially about a woman who falls in love with an amusement park ride (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which sounds crazier than it actually is when you watch it. <laughs> um, and then uh, my favorite film of the fest was Dirty God, which is about a woman who had uh, acid thrown on her face from her ex-boyfriend. And um, the movie is just very unconventional in how it kind of portrayed this woman coming to terms with her new self, uh, I thought. Um, so I was very, I was really drawn to those. There was a lot of genre obviously at our fest and I, and I loved a lot of it. Um, but those were the ones that really stood out to me. Yeah. I very much enjoyed the Venetian ginger ale product placement. <laughs> and Dementor. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you could, uh, uh, get some of our ginger ale at www.venetiangingerale.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Andrew, did you, was that the first time you saw that movie or that was the first time I had seen it. And I totally agree that the, it was like clearly uh, a film. It's not as if I could look at that and say, oh yeah, this follows a formula that I've seen in X, Y, Z type films. Mm-hmm. It was clearly a very personal film, mm-hmm. a very well done film. And uh, just atmospherically, I was, I was into it. Cool. From the start. Yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah. one of the things that I said um, when we were covering it for Knoxville was that it just feels so genuine, you know, mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> everything about that movie is just like I, I i know this place not because i've been there but it's just like i know driving down this street and seeing that store and again not because it's actually filmed where i live but it just captures that feel of the south and and mm-hmm. i think that that is uh, a, a huge piece of why that movie works as well as it does yeah because <clears throat> it's not necessarily going um like it's not necessarily going for like horror. It's going for you are invested in these characters, so that mm-hmm. when something happens to you, it's like, oh my god, no! And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that whole film. I mean Chad Chad Crawford Kinkle directed uh, Jug Face, uh, which is a really one of my favorite Southern horror films. I don't know if anybody's seen that yet on here. It has been in my queue for like three or four years. I still have to go back and watch it. Yeah. Um, but uh you know chad chad's obviously a talented guy and that film did really well when it came out but uh just like a lot of us filmmakers he struggled for years trying to get the next film off the ground and and i think he was frustrated with how 
you know, nothing was happening, nothing was progressing. And so he, he kind of wrote this screenplay around his own sister who has Down syndrome and, and the real people around her life. And, and it's not in an exploitive way at all. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very much uh, not exploitive. Um, but it, it's a simple story that was made for very little money and very personal to him. And I, I think he really killed it. It, it. it was a team of eight people making that movie. And I was one of them. Oh, wow. and, um, and they were all professionals. You know, we had a professional costume person, professional, um, you know, hair and makeup person, um, but any you know, professional sound person. But it was just very tight team. Didn't need a hundred person crew. Didn't need hundreds and thousands of dollars to make it. Chad wrote uh, the characters based on real people in his life and his sister's life. He, he wrote locations based on locations that existed around where he lived in the South. Uh, which was around Fayetteville, uh, Tennessee. Okay. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. Um, and we all kind of just lived in that world. I, I, I like to think that he asked me, I, I always ask myself, like, why did Chad ask me to be the first AD on this? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I like Chad a lot, but uh, why did he take a chance on me? And I, I think it was because of my documentary background and the fact that we were working with real people. And I think he thought... I might be able to help manage real life mm-hmm. in front of the camera. Um, and, and so I really appreciate him trusting me with that. It, it was stressful to make. I won't lie. <laughs> I actually had a nervous breakdown in the middle of shooting it. I, I yelled at some crew members. <laughs> I, felt, <laughs> I felt so embarrassed. But uh, we were such a family that everybody was like, it's all right, man. Like, we understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sometimes emotions run high. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was so stressed out at that time. There's a lot on my shoulders and, and, um, to know that we were, we were all together in that, you know, striving to just make the best film we could make. And it really pushed things forward. I'm glad people were finally able to see it. I I actually wanted to watch it again, but I was watching everything else that I hadn't (laughs) seen yet. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have a follow up. I was oh. I just agreed. <laughs> <You're> just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Andrew, yeah. what uh, what were some of the films that stood out stood out to you, aside uh, from the uh, uh, Venetian ginger ale product placement? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know if this. It's like clearly it counts, but definitely Hollywood Horror House. I mean, I feel like you go to a you go to a film festival to see new films and everything. So I feel weird saying like, "Well, my favorite film was a fifty year old movie that was you know, put in there," but that movie blew my mind um, because, well, a I was like, "How did how does how did I not know about this movie?" But it is also oh bonkers. <laughs> it just blows you away that it even exists, right? Yeah, one of those I- films. I was expecting that movie, especially from uh, some of the live commentary that you were giving on it when you were watching it. I was expecting it to just be bonkers. Like I was expecting it yeah. to be just so absurdist and off the wall. And then watching yeah. it, it's just like, oh no, this, this is just like a, a straight up, like not quite Gothic, but almost like it's almost a, a Victorian era, but set in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and and I, so I guess it, it fits into that subgenre that they call hag horror, which is, you know, old, old women in horror films, old actresses. Yeah, but isn't that supposed to be more about like witches? I, I guess. I, I mean, 
what, what's the other one with uh, Joan Crawford and what's her butt? <laughs> like that, I guess that's considered bad yeah, horror. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, but yeah, this this was starring an old uh, Hollywood like icon, I guess, from the silent era. Uh, I forgot the actress's name. But she obviously it's her last movie and she puts everything in. <laughs> She's even nude in it. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about like eighty year old woman here. <laughs> uh, so, so that uh, I mean that was a pleasant surprise, but uh again I kind of feel like well that's not yeah, that's the point of CFF partially is to celebrate older films, but I don't know, I just feel obligated to well, talk that, about it. It was films. it was it was cool that they had an old film because CFF is known for doing, you know, the surprise late night, midnight. You know, right. we're going to watch something on 35 millimeter or something, you know, and, um, and it's going to be a film yeah. we're not going to tell you and ends up being this amazing film I never knew existed. So that yeah. was a really nice surprise. Uh, and that was through Vinegar Syndrome. I think they had a special late night, uh, like all night pajama party thing where they were tweeting yeah, with people that were watching. They did uh, Hollywood Horror <laughs> House, <clears throat> uh, Hell Riders or mm-hmm. Hell Riders. Uh, not quite sure if there's a space or not. And (laughs) what was the oh crap? What was the third one? Uh, Uh, Berserker. Oh yeah. (laughs) All right. So some kind of like killer bear movie. uh, (laughs) So dumb, and I loved it. What's his name? Uh, George. What's his name? Uh, Not George Went. No, not George Went. The character actor. Something Buck Flowers. I forgot his first name. George? Is that his name? The, sure. the guy from Back to the Future and, and the John Carpenter movies. Uh, anyway, that, that yeah, that movie's f-ing crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so here is why, Andrew, I don't think that you should feel bad about uh, Hollywood Horror House being one of the top movies of the weekend for you is because of exactly that. Of Yeah, you get to see new films, but... I feel like new films are going to get a lot of press, you know, when they do eventually make it to streaming platforms, you're going to have them showing up in the the recommended movies. These older things you're not going to find out about. And I I have always loved that. Like even since year one that I went, not year one of CFF, but my first year with the uh, American genre film archives and the bleeding skull movies, like those have been some of my favorites. Not because they're good, not because they're new, but like they're just so entertaining and so just like, yes, this movie was made for me. Mm. And Hollywood Horror House, I think, was the best of those three. Yeah, I instantly knew that it was an important film that I needed to have in my catalog. (laughs) I went straight I went straight to Vinegar Syndrome and purchased it because of that festival. (laughs) (laughs) I instantly loved Berserker when I watched it. It, it wasn't good. It was just a cabin in the woods movie, but rather than uh, a slasher, it's like some old Norse dude that's possessed by a bear. I just, it is so <laughs> dumb that I love it. It's, it's such perfect. a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eric, what about you? I mean, you? I think, oh, I think it, I like the mix too. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, uh, and I don't mean this in like a demeaning way. CFF is a big love letter a lot of times to films like that. Mm-hmm. So to have a whole um, a whole festival that's films that make allusions to old exploitation films or films that clearly do their design to give a nod to those types of films or have their soundtrack sound like it eventually you kind of say, well, why am I not just watching those films? Yeah. So it's good to, to 
to mix mm-hmm. those together so that you get a good yeah there's always this res- respectful appreciation of where these modern films are getting their influences from at cff and that's what i love about chris storch and the way he sets up the film festival right exactly and i mean I'm, i know a lot of the history i've heard about the festival revolves around that or you know the origin stories being watching those older films so it's an integral part of the identity mm-hmm. so yeah i'm talking myself out of guilt <laughs> <laughs> i don't hey, think man, you should was, feel guilt at all i mean if i had to pick my favorite film of the whole fest it would be hollywood horror house but i <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I picked my favorite of the new films <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, uh, I think you're only going to be uh, a little surprised when when I say what one of my top movies was. Hmm. Not necessarily the top, but one of the top. Let's hear it. Uh, so one of my top was Attack of the Demons, oh, and um, okay. I I know that might be a little surprising because I was giving a live commentary on it, and, uh, and and I tweeted this, and the director responded. So it's not like I'm saying anything that i haven't already said to him the voice Mm. acting is not good Mm. it's not but everything else about that movie like it is just so me uh it's got like that uh, sorry go ahead i was gonna say it's also very cff it had a very cff feel it kind of felt like the same like kind of soundtrack and colors and and demon type stuff is very much <laughs> CFF. <laughs> yeah, like it was animated with like paper cutouts, uh, like like South Park, and mm-hmm. um, and it's like a, a movie nerd, a video game nerd, and a music nerd all converging on this town during a, a Halloween like Battle of the Bands festival, and this ancient cult dude summons this giant demon, and just like the the soundtrack and um. And even though the voice acting wasn't good, I feel like the dialogue was. Um, there might have been a couple of scenes that were a little too on the nose, uh, like the the scene where they were explaining who exactly each one of them was might not have been necessary, but it also felt genuine. You know, like it felt mm. like, yeah, I know um, music nerds that this is the way that they're going to talk about something. And I know video game nerds that this is the way that you're going to talk about stuff. And we are movie nerds and this is the way that we talk about things. And and so every single thing about that movie, it was just so like, I, I loved it so much. And it really should have been like hands down my top. The, the mm-hmm. voice acting didn't help that. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a legitimate uh, complaint. I, for me, like I was out of the movie because of the voice acting being so poor. It, um, but I, it, I, I definitely saw the talent and, and, and intent there like it it had a cool look you know it yeah. reminded me of old south park you know when <laughs> south park started um yeah there, there were a couple of times where the voice acting was a little painful but mm-hmm. and there's a reason that i'm starting with the uh the negative of the voice acting first but the positive thing um but like i i loved everything else about it so much that if the people who made attack the demons made something else and they were like and these people are doing the voices like i would have mm. no hesitation about whether or not i'm going to enjoy it It'd be like oh sweet th- th- i yes i'm totally on board so yeah like i absolutely want to see more that they do I, I think there's a lot of talent i want to see uh, more films from them i just hope mm-hmm. that they get some money to hire better voice people 
I wonder, um, so I know this is kind of hard to distinguish because I feel like we probably all watched movies in segments sometimes. <laughs> sure. But um, I found myself very just curiously, I would uh, watch about 22 minutes of that. And then I'd say like, hmm, I think I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to pause this. And I'd go do something else for 20 minutes and then come back and watch another 22 minutes or so. And I am stressing this 22 because it really did. Right. just makes me wonder, like, am I just conditioned to watch this episodically and pretend this is a, just a show? Damn, millennials. I, <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much of it is that and how much of it is, um, you know, like if they're – how long was that one? Um I think it was like 70 minutes. Uh, Yeah, 74 minutes. So it could have been that, or it could have been like, you know, if they're following a a three-act structure, then 22 minutes is going to be about a third of a 74-minute movie. So so it could have also just been that. It could have just been that's roughly a third, and and when they switch to to the next plot point. Um, but but yeah, I could I could easily see this being an episodic thing. Um, but yes, yeah. it, it was fun. They had very Cthulhu esque demons and <laughs> a crazy old hermit dude, and yeah. it, it except for the voice acting, absolutely oh, yeah. loved it. I mean, I would, uh, and I'm sure this is a common not complaint levied against it, but just a common comment is I a lot of those scenes I just thought wow. I would love to see a live action remake of this mm. uh, with, with lots of cool practical effects. And in a way I realized like it made me think maybe this is a cool way to go for, for low budget filmmakers who might not have access to these massive budgets, but they have great ideas that are just huge in scope. Uh, yeah. Just make it animated. Let's, let's have fun with it mm. because I didn't mind it. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, it actually felt like compelling to see these thing esque uh, effects done in a early South Park style. Yeah, and uh, like one of the other things, especially you know, like we said a few times that early South Park style. And um, anyone listening to this now who's hearing the dings coming through the audio, it's because we've lost Eric and he's trying to rejoin us. So he's messaging us to let us know that uh, that he's lost. Um, they, the movie might have said when it takes place, but I don't remember. And it doesn't matter. Like it very easily could have been set in the eighties because it it's it had a ton of that eighties feel to it uh, with the music and with like that sort of like metal synth uh, style and mm-hmm. um, it, yeah, like it, it very easily could have been eighties. It very easily could have been modern day with just the love for the eighties. It, yeah, it's really hard to put my finger on when exactly it's supposed to take place because it doesn't matter, which uh, I, I feel like is going to give that movie a lot of replayability because you're always going to have someone who, was like there with those characters and it also helped that i watched this one after watching fulci for fake so like i had just finished watching uh you know some of the uh some of the giallo italian horror uh well a documentary about a person making those and then for one of the characters to go to that like late italian horror cinema just i don't know it it was a nice connection for me so yeah attack the demons loved it I want better voices. 
Like even just <laughs> revoicing it oh. exactly as it is. I yes, you know what? Uh, one of my favorite guys. parts about that movie, which I assume y'all can relate to, is um, when the movie nerd is very nervous that the theater is going to be sold out and he's the only person <laughs> in there. Yep. I have lived that. So many times in different <laughs> cities where I'm like, oh, wow, they're having some late night screening of uh, Suspiria. I have to get there early <laughs> yeah. to sell out and like nobody's there. <laughs> yeah, the, man, the uh, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because even though there wasn't a lot of drama, those scenes where it shows each of them, because uh, like they had just finished talking about how much they love each of their respective interests and like how much it defines who they are. And then they go to these things and it's like their entire world is crushed. Like the, the movie yeah. guy, he's the only one there. And uh, the, the video game nerd, like he has a checklist of all of these classic arcade games that, uh, that he wants to play. And he goes somewhere and it's just a bunch of like 12 year old kids there, uh, maybe 12, maybe like eight year old kids. Yeah. Uh, and, and the music nerds like, Oh yeah. You know, this, this other band is playing, who cares about the battle of the bands? I'm going to go see whatever, some <laughs> indie folk thing. And like, she's the only one there. And it's just like, like I related so much to those characters and I was I was legitimately sad during those scenes. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, I've been there. Oh, let's go fight demons. <laughs> no, that was well done. And I mean, I realized there's the complaint that of like, maybe it was heavy handed, but it didn't. I mean, it's, I guess that's, uh, you can kind of get away with that in a cartoon because I mean, they are like literal caricatures of people. Yeah. It's a cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And sometimes on the nose isn't a bad thing. Like, you know, sometimes doing exactly what you're doing, it's just like, yeah, you don't have to make every movie a Citizen Kane. You don't have to make every movie a Godzilla 2012. Like, it's it's fine. Some movies can just, uh, or 2002, whatever it was. You you don't have to make an Emmerich Godzilla movie. Like, some movies can just be, uh, (laughs) just be mindless. That that was ninety eight for a ninety eight. Yeah, every, you, not every movie has to be a ninety eight Godzilla movie. Like it's it's okay to not be an intellectual. <laughs> have I said recently how much I love Roland and Rick's movies? Oh, great movies. They're, they're a blast. Uh, uh, all right, as yeah. as we wait for Eric to get back, what are some of the other highlights? I I just I really love the live events. To me, th- those are what made it a film festival the most. Yeah. Um, other other than chatting with you guys, like while we were watching stuff, um, like he- you know, hearing from Alex Winter chime in about the Zappa doc, and as well as I guess just other things, uh, Dante Joe Dante going through his yeah. entire you know career was so insane, and I- and Chris Dorch is such a good interviewer of the people that he. Uh, idolizes I tell you. <laughs> um, yeah i mean those, those were the moments that stood out for me ice tea you know calling it, it sucked that ernest dickerson wasn't able to make it but there was technical difficulties but uh to hear ice tea talk about the making of uh, uh surviving the game which is you know one of my favorite most dangerous game movies <laughs> it's based on a short story the most dangerous game. um I think, you know, yeah, I see even told some cool behind the scenes stories I've never heard before about the making of that. <laughs> Mostly about how crazy uh, Gary Busey is. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's always fun hearing those stories. 
I I am still a little amazed that Gary Busey like became as big of a star as he did. Like <laughs> like I enjoy the movies that he's in, but it's still especially like hearing all of the stories about he didn't go crazy. He's always been that way. It's like <laughs> how did he keep getting work? I don't understand it's, it. Um, it's it's that character actor type thing where like some of these guys, you know, like Steve Buscemi, you know, they have a certain look and a certain style to them. Yeah, but at least Buscemi's like a good actor. So <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> he's not completely out of his gourd. No disrespect to Gary Busey, but I mean, like, but I think I think it's seriously like that. The fact that he's so memorable just in voice and in in look that an audience somehow relates to that and they and they remember that you know <laughs> like like Gary Busey's somebody that you can instantly remember after you see him <laughs> <laughs> remember about surviving the game yes yeah yeah, yeah we're talking about surviving the game yeah sweet uh, which I was you know, I, I I loved hearing Ice T talk about and reminisce about uh, the making of that as well as just like his career. <laughs> But it is a bummer that uh, Ernest Dickerson wasn't able to attend. Oh man, that was, that was heartbreaking. I, I love Ernest yeah. Dickerson. Yeah, and, I was so I was so um, looking forward to hearing from him on the making of that. Yeah, um, the IT event might have been my favorite live event. Well, yeah. I'll say Which maybe one? a second. The IT uh, panel oh, yeah. that they did. Yeah, um, that was fantastic. Like he is just such, like he's just somebody I could listen to for hours. I mean. I love just hearing him talk and tell all those stories and mm. he's so funny. And like, I love, he yeah. told the, you might guys might've mentioned this, but he told the story that was talking about how easy acting comes to him. Mm. He's like, he's like, yeah, I just lie. He's like, yeah. I learned it in front of a judge. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was so cool to hear that story about how he was talking to, uh, um, Oh God, what is it? F Murray Abraham. Who's, who's in, uh, yeah. uh, surviving the game. You know, who's an amazing actor, stage actor, Hollywood actor, like real actor. Yeah, Oscar Wilde. Yeah, and he asked, uh, Ice-T asked him, you know, should I be taking acting classes? And he was like, no. He's <laughs> like, you you have it. Just be be yourself. Yeah. You know, that, like that makes you a good actor. <laughs> so, uh, I can't imagine like being Ice-T in that situation going up against like all of those incredible actors. And I oh mean, my God. Like, it must have been so scary for so, him. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, man, but that dude exudes confidence, and it's one of those oh, things yeah. where even after just watching that live event, I thought, "Man, I'm a badass too." Or like, <laughs> I rubbed <laughs> off on me, and for the rest of the day, I'm like, "Hell yeah, I can do anything." <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, man, that, that was really cool. That was really cool. He was very open, down to earth. Such a humble dude, you know. You, you didn't really get a sense that you're talking, you're hearing from, you know, some millionaire, hotshot Hollywood actor, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't mean that to be construed that he's uh, a braggart. I just meant he's yeah. a confident person. Yeah, there's there's a difference between confidence and cockiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah <laughs> he's he's um, very sure of himself in a yeah. good way. I I really enjoyed uh, the talk with my buddy uh, Alex uh, Winter there on the Zappa doc. Um, mm. he, he was really awesome and very open about his process and, and um, it's always good to hear from him uh, he makes a lot of doc- he, he makes a lot of very important documentaries that I could never attempt to make like on the Panama Papers or on uh, mm. you know Napster or the dark web like things that are really heavy and deep and I wouldn't dare go near um, hey, hey Mark 
you, you should do a documentary about him. <laughs> about <a thousand>. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> you, you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah for, oh, for anyone know, uh, there's a running joke going on where i had my lawn my lawn care person pitch me an idea for a documentary and i did a post about how every fucking person pitches me an idea <laughs> for a documentary <laughs> And so now, of course, everything that comes up, I'm going to be suggesting that Mark make a documentary about (laughs) Hey, can you make a documentary about the Video Monsters podcast? Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. Yeah. Me and Andrew, we haven't pitched that one yet, Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this could be that uh, thing you pitched before we started recording. What was your, I don't want to steal your thunder, but, or I don't know if you're keeping this, but I'm talking about the all Zoom Oh yeah, oh, yeah. The, the doc zoomentary. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank I like you. the Andrew's like, oh my god. I love, I love that you brought it up. You brought it up just to get angry. It kind of makes yeah. the brain hurt a little bit. You prompted it. <laughs> yeah, it still hurt. Uh, oh, oh, man. Yeah. Um, guys, I think my internet connection might be stable now. You know, not nice. <clears throat> I haven't been kicked out yet. Yeah, yeah I think this is probably I do want to just say this while it's like in my brain, but uh I mean I think one benefit that we haven't specifically mentioned, which is just it's kind of obvious, is that like the caliber of some of the guests was probably raised a bit because of the virtual aspect. That, mm-hmm. I mean, I know Ice T is a very busy person, so the idea of him coming to Chattanooga would probably not have been anywhere near the table, but with a mm-hmm. virtual event, it was really cool to have that. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I was I, I was just a fucking digging shit with Joe Dante talking. <laughs> right. I, I, I could listen to that guy talk about his entire career for the rest of my life and be happy. That's fantastic. Yeah, I do wonder how many of the, uh, the guests that they were able to get wouldn't have been able to make it um, if it had been in person just because of whether it be scheduling or, or cost. I, mean, I, or, I, do, I, I do know we've been trying to get a few like Dante, uh, specifically Mick Garris, we've been trying to get for years <laughs> at Chattanooga, but his schedule just, you know, it never lined up with ours. It, Mick is like booked a year or two out in wow. advance. Wow. So it's, it, it's always hard to get Mick on, but, uh, but that was so great that we were finally able to have Mick on to, to talk about the stand as well as just the rest of his career. Yeah, and like all of these live events definitely gave me that same sense of just like, oh crap, there's too many things to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was a, a steady stream of live events, which I love. That is not a complaint at all. And I think that that's one of the yeah. things that absolutely sets CFF aside from, or uh, apart from some of the other I, film fests that are putting out great movies, I, but just I, the I mean, movies, not, it's. Not, not to shit on other fests that have been doing the online thing, but are we the first ones to be as interactive? I think so. Like and I, I've not attended some of the other ones, but even just seeing uh, some of the like social media posts about it and stuff mm-hmm. like I've, I've only been aware of these are the movies that you're going to be mm-hmm. able to watch. And, and granted, and have, it, uh, no, I was no, just going to say like, granted, like that's why you go to a film fest is to watch yeah. the films, but uh, that's not, if for, for me personally, yeah. it's it's very less about, I, I appreciate cinema, I love cinema, I love seeing movies, but for me, going to a film fest was all about interacting and meeting new people, specifically mm. the filmmakers 
uh, and film lovers. Uh, to me, that's what going to a film festival is about. And I felt like I had that here. I think I even made some friends that, you know, I met virtually because of this, um, which was cool. Hmm. Um, shit, I was going to, I was going to talk about something that we were chatting about, but I completely forgot what I was going to talk about. <laughs> well, if it, if it comes back to you, uh, jump back yeah. in. One of the things that, uh, that I really enjoyed just because, I feel like this is not something that ever would have happened in a live film fest where they mm. had um, uh, Dave Lawson, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead doing the live commentary for their films. So they did mm. um, resolution spring and then the endless each night of the film fest, not all three mm. each night. They did resolution on Friday night, spring on Saturday, and then uh, the endless on Sunday night. And, and I loved it. Like, I really enjoy their movies. I know that their movies are not going to be for everyone. I know that not everyone is going to love everything about them, but I, I really, really enjoy their movies. And so being able to hear them talk about the process, being able to hear them talk about just some of those behind the scenes things, um, being oh. able to, again, like be a part of it and ask some of those questions and, and like hear them say, Oh, this question is from video monsters. Like, Oh, did, did Dave Lawson just said the name of the podcast to like <laughs> hundreds of people. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that reminds me, uh, another thing I really liked about our online film festival is at Chattanooga. We, we have a history of, like teaching workshops or, or having, you know, these small sessions where you can come in and listen to a person who's been in the industry for years and get advice. Or so we had like a pitch session, um, you know, with Dave Lawson where people got to pitch him ideas and, and, um, and, and things like that. So we still had that, which was really cool. Yeah. You there know? was that the, was the uh, the guy that did the pumpkin pie show talking about like how to tell uh, stories like how to be an effective storyteller and uh, the panel on women in film the panel on mm -hmm. keeping sets safe to uh, you know to combat sexual assault like yeah. there were a lot of really important panels there were a lot of really fun panels it was just a I think a very good comprehensive uh, feel of regardless of what level of uh, cinema you enjoy, there really is something for, for everyone. Maybe not yeah. necessarily all styles because it is certainly a genre heavy fest, but for filmmakers, yeah. for film lovers, for, uh, for aspiring filmmakers, like it is, it, it doesn't feel like a pretentious fest where it's just for the uh, filmmaking elite and it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like right. it's just for watching without doing like it, it, it feels like a comprehensive, well, like Eric, you've said this a lot of times, it feels like going to a summer camp for three days. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, that's like, it had like, I get the same kind of like goosebumps kind of thing that I get like before I would go to summer camp and, uh, I don't know, like it, it just evokes that same kind of feeling and sense of community and sense of fun mm -hmm. and yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really all of this is to the credit of uh, uh, Microsoft trusting us and, and taking a chance on us. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, none of this would have happened if they didn't come to us and say, hey, you guys want to try your film fest through us? It's still crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's still hard for me to believe that. Yeah, yeah, it's really awesome, and and I I'd like to think that uh, we were su such a success in what we did that other film festivals will take this and try to try to run with it too. Mm -hmm. I think we definitely set a standard and an example of how you could do a film festival online, 
and still be successful. So, yeah. Um, one one thing uh, that I do wish, I, I don't know, I keep going back and forth on this. Like uh, mm-hmm. we've already mentioned a few times that we had our ongoing chat <laughs> through the entire weekend and how that brought so much energy to the films that we were watching. Mm-hmm. Part of me, part of me would have liked something like that to have been in place in terms of like a Netflix party style where uh, there was a set time where if you want to watch it this way, mm-hmm. everyone is in there at the same time and, and you know, being able to talk through yeah. it. But then I think about, no, because sometimes there are people who say at best slightly inappropriate things and uh, at worst horribly offensive and vile things. And yeah, like, who would have been online? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so like, would someone have been moderating all of it? And like, if someone was moderating, yeah, it would have been too laggy. It, and you're skating on thin ice when you get into there, just because of those reasons. Like the festival technically shouldn't be involved with those kind of things, but there were a lot of private like watch parties that were going on. I know that a bunch of my CFF uh, buddies uh, were doing a watch party for Jumbo, and they were tweeting about yeah. it and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, um, and that's the other thing is because of social media, like there didn't need to be chat rooms because yeah. the internet exists. So. Exactly. I mean, we, we were chatting ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like people, people can figure out how to <clears throat> do this already, but I mean, I understand. Uh, I, I totally get your point, but, um, but I also if, have a slippery slope point. If anything, I just wish there were more, Q and A's for films from yeah. other filmmakers. Uh, I felt yeah. like there, there weren't enough. Um, Cause I really do love that part being able to ask a director a question. Um, and or, you yeah, know, there, there were some, but you know, I just felt like there could have been a few more. You know. Even as simple as it is um, the, the, I know KCT Malone did it for his film, but if it, if more directors had just done a little personalized intro, it's, mm-hmm. it's such a small thing, but that's part of the experience you get at a film festival. Yeah. Right? Even exactly. if, even if it's small, even if it just seems like a formality, you see the filmmaker yeah. before if they're present. So, you know, that, that might've been nice to see a little more, but it's kind of a small complaint. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I wouldn't even necessarily of, say complaint. I would just be more of a, there were a lot of great things. If this is going to be something uh, that continues, yeah. there are some suggestions. And, and, right. and a lot, a, a lot of that was the limitations of the server that we were using, which is understandable. Um, but we, you know, it was also got to keep in mind, this was a test. We, we learned a lot about what worked. <laughs> we learned a lot about what didn't work. There's definitely some friends that were having issues with logging in and, and having playback issues. And, um, and luckily we, we have this amazing woman named Bex, uh, who's our PR person who also uh, <laughs> took charge of letting people know how to fix their issues, their technical issues. <laughs> I mean, we really had a small crew. <laughs> we, had, we had such a small crew where Bex, who's supposed to focus on PR, was actually helping tech issues as well <laughs> well and like it was only what like a six or seven week turnaround uh from the time I, I that there was so. the like initial weeks. Yeah. yeah so i can't even imagine having to program an entire film fest in seven weeks because it's, in, it's insane and we did lose a lot uh we, we had a lot more films that we were going to show that were newer uh that didn't have distribution but um there is the worry from filmmakers that you know my film could be pirated so i don't want to show it on an online fest and and so that's understandable yeah um 
but I, I'm, I'm really impressed with how uh, the team was able to just pull it together and, and, and do it <laughs> with yeah. films like that. So uh, getting back into some of those films, Eric, what was one of your favorites from the weekend? Oh, well, I was going to, uh, as the uh, winner of the $25 Vinegar Syndrome gift card, I was going to plug Hollywood Horror House, but I guess <laughs> I missed out on that. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Andrew f***ed you on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks, Andrew. I've got my nice, I even have my nice little Hollywood Horror House background here on the Zoom meeting set. Uh, oh, boy. Anyway, uh, yeah, I had a great time yeah. with that one. That was a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Did you guys talk about uh, um, the beach house? We did not. No, okay. I, that's, um, I'm not, I, I'm having a hard time like ranking the movies, but I do want to mention the beach house just because, um, I really enjoyed that one quite a bit. It's kind of a slow burn horror movie, I guess you would say that has, I think one of the most effective body horror sequences, um, in any movie I've seen in a very long time. Um, and um, also, the uh, the main actress in that film, whose name escapes me at this at the moment, I'll look it up while I'm talking. Um, she was incredible. Like she was so emotional in her performance, and um, I don't know. I just think it was a really great way to like. It's obviously a low budget film, and it's kind of like touching on some Lovecraftian themes, and it gets into some like deep sea style aquatic horror in certain aspects and like that shit just gives me nightmares to think about like i can't stand watching videos of like crazy shit they pulled out of the bottom of the ocean (laughs) Um, it's because the ocean is terrifying we all know this it's it's like another world um and Mm -hmm. there's absolutely horrifying things that are just beyond anything i could conjure in my imagination um but yeah i thought that was like a really effective little chiller with some great performances um that kind of evoked like it kind of reminded me of the fog a little bit because there is a, literally a fog that rolls in in certain parts of it. And I don't know. I just, I think, and I think at one the point budget, they even said it's in the fog. It's in the fog. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was just really impressed with that movie and uh, had a great time with it. Uh, let's see. I, I had a list of everything that I had seen. Did you guys talk about the wanting mayor? We did not. Okay. Um, that was also one that I was really impressed with. Um, it was interesting. Like I tweeted about it and I had mentioned that it was unlike anything I've ever seen before. And I still like firmly stand by that. I don't think I've ever seen a movie quite like it. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah, we can mm-hmm. see you. You're good. Yeah. We might've lost Eric again. So while, <laughs> while, while he's frozen. Right there, right there. Can, can you guys hear me? Okay, here we go. I'm back. I think <laughs> <laughs> we oh should just uh, act like nuts. Eric's frozen the rest of the time. <laughs> yes, Eric, we can still hear you. Um, okay, awesome. I was going to join on my phone and see if that worked better, but anyway, um, yeah. Nicholas I was going to say I should have an Eric puppet next to me. I thought that you do have an Eric puppet next to you. Oh yeah, I do. Hold on a second. <laughs> this this is great for audio. uh okay and i think eric did legitimately freeze again so while we're waiting for eric's internet to not be terrible uh one of the things that i appreciated about the wanting mirror was like it is a fantasy story in this (laughs) mark's puppet is so distracting right now sorry about that it is a fantasy story 
he, with... he didn't eat his dinner, so he's he's getting a little restless here. <laughs> uh, whoa! You have a you have like an actual creature there. That's my alien baby. It looks just his, like me. His name is Slugbert. <laughs> Slugbert. <laughs> Slugbert. Look <laughs> nice. at them choppers. Oh, so you want it? <laughs> so, so you want to know something funny about this thing? <laughs> we filmed inside of an old dentist's office that actually had a bunch of teeth lying around. So I glued real teeth. Into oh my god! Are you serious? <laughs> Holy shit! That is um, terrifying. That's yeah, it's pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Get back so, on track here. Boy. So the wanting mayor, Eric. All right, the wanting mayor. Um, yeah, it was a movie that I. Like, it's a movie that I really was impressed with, especially, again, considering the budget. Like, it has some pretty incredible effects. Um, and I think they do a really remarkable job of building out, like, this kind of mythic world um, that I want to learn more about. Like, they they do a good job of building it out without explicitly explaining everything to you, every little detail of it to you. Um, and the movie, it's, it's so hard to describe, uh, but basically, like, it has something to do with... Um, this dream that's passed down from generation to generation. And I think the movie itself kind of evokes the feeling of a dream. Like it has a kind of dream logic to it where um, it's almost like you're only getting bits and pieces of the story that they're trying to tell. And it kind of jumps around in time and it's kind of got this interesting intangible quality to it that I just really, that really resonated with me. And I'm really fascinated with all of the tiny little details that just kind of hint at this bigger world. And, um, at the Q and a that they did for it, the director was talking about how he has like tons of, he has other stories and set in this universe that he wants to tell. And he said that like for his next movie, if he gets to another one, he's going to do a horror story set in this. I'm assuming he was about to say universe because the audio froze again. That's a really funny. <laughs> that was me. And, uh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <sighs> I don't even know where I thought. Yeah, I love it. he was going to make a horror movie set in that universe in that world. Oh, okay. So you did hear that part. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. F- it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, wanting mayor. It's probably not going to be for everyone because it is very, uh, for lack of a better word, avant-garde, I guess. Um, it, it eschews a traditional kind of narrative, uh, that you would find in, and especially because it's, kind of I guess you would call it a science fiction film or, or I guess it'd be more of a fantasy film but without the fantasy yeah it's kind of the way best way to describe it which is interesting yeah so in the um, Q&A he was talking about how it's kind of like uh, Gone with the Wind but set in a fantasy realm which mm-hmm. yeah I get that um, I, I did really enjoy The Wanting Mirror and I do think that it is a very emotionally powerful film like when I was watching it you know I, I felt that desire to be somewhere else uh, especially because apparently where they live it's either uh just hot and muggy or snowing and i grew up in florida and i hate the heat and i've always wanted to live where it's colder because you know like people are like oh you would hate living in the snow it's like no i wouldn't i i would be cold all the time but i can put on a coat it's so much yeah. easier to warm up when you're cold than it is to cool off when you're hot so like right. i like i get that wanting to be uh someplace where it's cooler and I know that wasn't the the driving force behind them wanting to be elsewhere. Like I know that there were other issues going on. That um, you know, it's a, a much bigger story than just it's too darn hot here. Um, but like I, I do feel like it is a very emotionally powerful film. Mm-hmm. You do get that uh, sorts of 
you see some of the family relationship without ever actually seeing that family relationship. And right. like, that's one of the things about the wanting mirror is, uh, like you said, it hints at this world or it's fantasy without the fantasy. And, and that's such a huge part of it is it is a fantasy movie that you don't see mm-hmm. any of the fantasy in it. And, uh, like it's that, like, uh, it almost has like a mythic quality, almost as if like, um, you know, you think about Greek mythology or something, how we have all of these stories and how the characters in them aren't really characters that kind of stand in for ideas. And so much of those like bits and pieces of those stories have been lost over time. And this movie kind of has that feel as, as like something that is like steeped in myth and history and you're only getting fragments of it, which is it's fascinating. Like I, when I finished the movie, I wasn't really even sure if I liked it. But the more I thought about it, the more it grew on me. Yeah, like um, it, it does have that feel like someone's telling a story and just jumping around and like, oh, right. This reminds me this other thing happened. And mm. and and like that's one of the weird things about it is it's fantasy without the fantasy. It's this entire world that they basically <sighs> built CGI that you hardly see any of it. And like there's so many technical components about it that, that I think are fascinating. And I did enjoy it. But I also think that's important uh, for people to understand going into it. Uh, all of the things that you've said about it have been factually correct, but also like not what you're going to go in expecting. So like based off of what you were describing and every time I look down at uh, Andrew's <laughs> screen, I see his big smiling face, which isn't him. It's his backdrop. And that's, that's why I started <laughs> chuckling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like how his backdrop's more lively than he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit mesmerizing um yeah so like there is this fantasy world but none of it really matters like it, it's the kind of story that the entire story could have been told without any of those other uh any of those other aspects about it but at the same time i f- i think that I feel like if they had just told it as a regular story without that fantastical element, without that, um, without some of that myth, without some of that jumping back and forth, without that shared dream, I think that I would have been bored. Like, even Uh, though those other elements don't matter, somehow I feel like they mattered. If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. I guess I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I I hear you. It's, it's, it's such a hard thing to describe without seeing it like even reading a synopsis for the film doesn't really tell you anything about it like it's impossible to even summarize i think so uh speaking of other movies that have (laughs) synopses that are factually correct but don't give you the feel of the movie let's talk about skull yeah skull yeah oh yeah oh man a uh is, is it columbia brazil I forget where a South Brazil, I believe. Okay. So a Brazilian neo noir, uh, with a demonic slasher, uh, is technically what it is. It's, it's basically two movies. (laughs) Yes. It, it, it is two movies that I think are done very, very, very well that are just existing next to each other. And I kind of wish there had been a little bit more, you know, like I wish Mm. that the, the slasher set in a neo-noir setting would have played a now I've completely lost Andrew. I just see like five of his faces. It's fascinating. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like the one of his faces. It's like, 
He's looking <laughs> off to the distance, very sad. I think that in one, at least one of them, he just farted. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I think that the neo noir story is a really, really good story. Um, in, in just in terms of. It's got not really a crooked cop, but it's got a cop that uh, with that has a checkered past, and she's trying to find redemption, but also like not like she's kind of leaning into some of that checkered past a little bit. And mm-hmm. while all of this is occurring, there's this demon skull that uh, yeah. has possessed a guy going around slashing him up. <laughs> yeah, he's like a jason type guy with a skull mask (laughs) (laughs) and i i love that mask design um yeah it's really cool it kind of looked like it reminded me of uh what the skull of a goomba would look like from super mario (laughs) brothers movie (laughs) (laughs) um what the hell is going on here yeah why are there I'm sorry. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to join my phone to see if this works better. Whoa. We got two Eric's going on here. I, I am so sorry, listener, for all of this other stuff. But, uh, this is grippy. That's what you get when, when you have a, a Zoom podcast. Um, yeah, I, I love the design. I love the fact that the uh, the guy starts out just wearing like an all white uniform and then is yeah. just covered in blood and goop by the end <laughs> and, and he had this neat retracting machete type thing yeah it was a uh, very spawn-esque <laughs> um all yeah I, I loved all that shit I, I wasn't too into the noir stuff but uh i was definitely digging every time they showed him and slaughtering people Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, really really fun gore stuff in that movie um and I'd like to point out uh, the fact, simply, you know, we talked about it being a Brazil movie. We had a lot of foreign films this year. Yeah. And a lot of that had to do with films that we could get permission to show, given the fact that a lot of filmmakers that have new films in our country just didn't want to put them out there online yet, you know, because they didn't get distribution. Um, but um, very unique, very good original films. I mean, both of the films I loved were both foreign films. One was from the UK and one was from... She's out of nowhere. <laughs> she, she was French. I don't know if French. it was France or Belgium, yeah. but, uh, okay. but yeah, she, she was definitely French. Uh, um, so that was pretty cool. That was, I mean, we've had foreign films before, but they never dominated the film, the film festival like this one did. I felt. Yeah. And I don't see it. Like I was thinking about that just in terms of, were there more foreign films this year or was I just able to see more of them because I was able to watch almost everything uh, as opposed to other years where it's like, Oh, here's this film and this film and this film. I'm going to the one that actually has the person there to be able to talk about it. Um, so, so yeah, I, it definitely, definitely felt like there was more foreign uh, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing either. Uh, but it, it definitely, uh, set our our fests apart from other fests i thought which was cool Um, one of the things that it was kind of new and different in a way well and one of the things that i did really enjoy about there being a lot of foreign films is Mm -hmm. it shows that all of that cff weirdness is global it exists all over the world (laughs) yeah (laughs) no i mean that skull movie i mean there's so many scenes in there like that's cff all right (laughs) yep like where he chops the dude face off and we got got the neon lighting and the 80 synthesizer and the skull crack (laughs) you know what i really loved in skull that scene where they uh the scene where he's in uh the church and there's like water all over the floor that was cool oh they had this white shot in there they, they had this cool wide shot that was like a silhouette of two the, the that big Jason guy fighting with a priest. 
and they had stained glass yeah. behind them. That was so fucking cool. <laughs> oh, that was that was really awesome. And I love too that like the priest literally uses like the hand of God. Yes, <laughs> I know, which right? is hilarious. That's his sword. Um, <laughs> and I also love the the scene where they're in the club. And like he's just kind of standing around all those people dancing, and then like he yeah. starts like scorpioning them with his little get over there. It was it was just it was so much fun. Like all the slasher stuff is fun. The noir stuff, I'll, I'll agree, was a little. It yeah. didn't really mesh quite as well. It, it just felt um, like still, a different movie. I mean, he, they did yeah. it well. It just didn't really fit with the the other stuff going on for me. I, and I think that it's because exactly, like the yeah. like that eighties style gore was so over the top yeah. that the noir wasn't over the top. Like the mm-hmm. the noir stuff felt like yeah. a much more traditional uh, you know, yeah. following that noir structure, which which is good, you know. I I love noir movies. It's just mm-hmm. then when you get to see, yeah, like a little demon skull crawling around <laughs> and like ripping people's faces off. And then For you go back dead. to yeah, and then you just go back to someone like a, a cop a, asking questions, just like I. Hmm. That, that's some that's some great face placement, by the way, Andrew. I like that. <laughs> yeah, like this, this is where you yeah, take yeah. a screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, take a screenshot, boys. <laughs> right, here we go. Oh, wait, no, I should. I got to get don't, my face not. I mean, I don't have my cool background anymore, and you ha- like now I have to do this I, like I, under the chin shit, which I can't stand on Zoom. I see. I see Iron Man. Yeah, I've got Iron Man. This is like my son's bedroom that was then converted to an office. So there's like all kinds right. of shit going cool. on. We'll have to place <laughs> multiple screenshots together. So movies. <laughs> right. um, so it's one of the other things. Yes, we're getting I, back I to the I, fest. I, one of the other foreign films that. Um, oh, I clicked on the wrong one. Uh, we're going to talk, talk about that one in a second. One of the other foreign films that uh, that I. <sighs> I, I I did genuinely love it. Similar to the skull, I felt like um, not, sorry, not the skull. Similar to skull, I feel like there were almost two movies that could have been merged a little bit better. And also, uh, Eric and I have said this on plenty of our episodes, but because we haven't said it in this one, any of our critiques are not like, oh, we could have done it better. It mm-hmm. is just a here are the things that we genuinely love and here are our honest thoughts about them. So we try mm-hmm. to walk that balance of being genuine and honest uh, about our, our thoughts with movies <clears throat> and also being very intentional with highlighting all of the things that we think are amazing. Um, but the yellow night, um, that Damn, one, I, re- I really wanted to see that. I the one. don't know if you would have enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. Just, just based off of some of the other ones that you've liked and not liked mm. it, it starts out a cabin in the woods esque movie, um, mm. with, with some tweaks and, and I like how they were, uh, doing a cabin in the woods movie, but not. Mm-hmm. And then there is a, uh, a flashback scene that is a prolonged flashback scene. Like I'd say mm. a good yeah, I 30 minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as you said that. <laughs> yeah. And, but like the thing is the flashback is also a movie that I really, really enjoyed. And like, and they were telling a, a complete story, but there mm-hmm. was just so much lead up getting to the point where there was a flashback. And then the flashback was giving so much context of then the things that you get in the third act that like all of the story elements were necessary and and i understand why they use the flashback because part of it uh part of the um part of the plot is 
well, I don't want to give too much away, but there are potentially parallel universes or there's like potentially other selves and, um, and, and it had this sort of splitting quality to it. Uh, part of it kind of reminded me a little bit of sliding doors, <clears throat> not in terms of plot, but just that feel of how would things have been differently if this other thing played out. Um, and, and there's a conversation in there at one point where a guy's talking about how he's on his last life because he's been reincarnated so many times that when he dies in this life, like that's it, he's, he's dead. Um, and, and so there were a lot of really interesting elements and, and I liked where the story went and it was a bunch of kids, you know, high school uh, age kids, but I feel like the acting was strong. I feel like the plot was, was great. Mm-hmm. And, and I go back and forth on whether or not it would have worked better as just a linear story. And I don't think that it would have because of the nature of what was going on. Maybe like, more flashbacks spaced out. So it did give a little bit more of a disorienting feel rather than uh, it. Like it basically broke down to the first act is them going to like this remote Island and just like having a, uh, like a high school graduation getaway. And then the second act is the, the flashback where it's showing like, as they were uh, celebrating the graduation and apparently like going to a gas station and just blaring your music as loud as possible out of your trunk is, is a thing. Um, but like, that's, that's kind of where they were raving. They were all just like hanging outside of a gas station, um, which, which I don't get, but you know, different cultures. And that's not a thing that, that, that I'm used to. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like that was basically the second act was the entire flashback. And then the third one, like, I, I don't know. It was disorienting and it was weird and I liked where it went at the end. And I understand why maybe because of, uh, because of budget, they weren't able to show quite as much um, in, in terms of going too far. Sometimes I also wonder because there were a lot of quote unquote, slow burn uh, horror movies this time. I wonder mm-hmm. how much of that is just like the, the current, the current shape of, of horror movies of, you know, because of, um, um all oh, crap why am i drawing a blank on ari aster's movies uh hereditary and and midsummer and, yeah so like maybe it's because of things like that or get out or us and like because there are some of those incredibly well done kind of like the a24 know, effect yeah <laughs> and and, and and i love those like i don't have anything bad to say about those movies i think that they're great and amazing and i love them and I wonder yeah, every, every, everybody wants to be them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some movies, I think that it works other movies, mm-hmm. not as much. And, uh, the yellow Knight, I feel like it borders those two. Like, I feel like <laughs> it's right on the edge of it worked and it was great. And, uh, could have used maybe a little bit more energy. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that it was a really fascinating movie. I definitely think there's a lot to discuss with it. Um, and almost all of these movies, I would love for uh, like to go back and do an episode fully discussing that movie itself. But especially with the Yellow Knight, like I feel like that's one that has a lot of things to really discuss. And because you know it deals with identity and it deals with um, you know figuring out who you are as you did. Like it's a coming of age, but almost like a cosmic coming of age story. Um, it was is good. There, I, uh... I really enjoyed it. Is there a reason they call it Yellow Knight other than uh, reference to medieval times? Mm, there was nothing that was specifically 
said that it took I... me a second i was what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was like a golden showers joke have we all been the medieval times <laughs> that's great i'm all about um, the green knight there, there oh, wasn't yeah, anything sure. there wasn't anything that i remember uh that had anything to do specifically with that title but okay um yeah it, it gives a very uneasy feel without showing you anything that would make you uneasy it's just like that like something feels off the entire time and hmm. and i dug it I, I i would love to go into uh more detail like doing a full review of that one but mm-hmm. we don't have time to do that with all of our movies but <laughs> I, I, I don't think anybody else saw it <laughs> <laughs> it it is Man, one of the ones that i very strongly recommend but I also, again, fully aware that people aren't going to love it. So <laughs> that's such uh, a takeaway. I absolutely <laughs> fully recommend it, and also no, <laughs> not <laughs> not. I don't recommend it. There are some people that I know would not enjoy it. Like, okay, so here here's another like example. I don't I don't know if you would. Like, I think yeah. that you probably wouldn't, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but okay, here here's another example. Uh not saying that these are on the same level but an example of a movie that like oh my god of course i recommend it is tigers are not afraid like i have absolutely no hesitation recommending that movie it is amazing on every single possible level and there are a lot of people that i'm not going to recommend it for because it deals with kids dying and it deals with kids in peril and it is way more of a drama than it is uh like a, a fantasy or an action and so there are some people that as as just utterly amazing as tiger's not afraid is mm-hmm. i know that some people it's it's not going to be their bag uh mm. so so yeah it's, it it doesn't lessen my recommendation of it it's just an awareness that some people aren't going to dig it. So yeah, mm-hmm. Yellow Knight, I recommend. I am aware other people won't love it. That's I'd, all I'm saying. I'd also like to point out that um, A24 actually has a movie coming out soon called The Green Knight, which... Um, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Red Knight's going down. That down, one better down, be down, down. Red Knight's going down. <laughs> um... All right, there, there yeah, are other we, movies. We, that, we should all go to medieval times together. That'd be cool. God, that'd be amazing. Let's I, do it. I would I love, love to go to Ren Fair with you I, guys. I, dinner shows. I, I went to amazing. I went to a bachelor <laughs> party that was that. It was so fun. <laughs> are you serious? Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. Have, have you all ever heard of a movie called Beast of the Yellow Knight? No. Uh, no. I have not. What's uh, that guy all about? I have a. It's from 1971. Wait a minute. I feel like I might have. Is that like a hammer about this film? The director is Eddie Romero. Hmm. No. Uh, I related to George. Maybe. He's directed quite a few movies. I don't know. I don't think they're related at all. Probably uh, not. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just reminded me that I used to have a VHS tape. Of that movie? Of that movie. Oh, weird but I don't think I ever actually put it in a VCR. It was just such a cool cover. <laughs> you know, I've got some of those. Yeah. Yeah. I got a few of those. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Just so movies. <laughs> um, that, there, there are a number that I feel like we should at least mention. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the other ones that I want to talk about, because 
again it it borders on amazing and come on dude get on with it uh coco di coco da oh boy i got something to say about this one (laughs) nathan already knows i was having issues with this one um but i gotta tell you man i can't stop thinking about that goddamn movie (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) and i think it might be the nursery rhyme and the characters in it but shit like even today in the shower i started whistling the fucking children's <laughs> nursery right <laughs> it, it's haunting me it gets I, under your skin it i think what kills me about that movie is that the opening is so fucking good and then i like the third act i like the ending but then the middle part for me it's just like it just stops <laughs> it like gets to a certain point and then just stops <laughs> and it doesn't really for me like it doesn't progress anywhere right. it's kind of repetitive and i'm like i get it it does this groundhog day thing but unlike groundhog day they're literally just playing the entire scene out almost identical for the first couple of times <laughs> and like it just it kills me and like i don't know, it, honestly like there's, there's very few films i watch where i'm like that's a film I would like to remake. And like, that's a film I would really like to remake as an American film. So I, I think that you and I had very, very different reactions to it. Um, I I don't disagree with the fact that, yeah, the middle part does get a little bit sluggish and, um, and there is a little bit of like, okay, yeah, they, they could have, like skipped ahead some of the uh, pieces or like, you know, not showing I mean, we, literally we, we, the entire time. We literally get the metaphor after the first incident. <laughs> well, so, so here's the thing that, um, and, and like part of the reason that I want to talk about it was, and, the, and by yeah, the way, the, maybe, maybe you should describe what the movie is. Cause it is going to sound like we're crazy. Just okay. Yeah. About. So, um, I'm just going to read it off of uh, Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. As a couple goes on a trip to find their way back to each other, a sideshow artist and a shady entourage emerge from the woods, terrorizing them, luring them deeper into a maelstrom of psychological terror and humiliating slapstick. It, so it, it feels like um, Rosencrantz, and Gins- Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead meets mm-hmm. A Clockwork Orange. Is mm-hmm. is kind of the the best example that I can think of uh, in terms of blending movies together to create that one, and like I, I think the acting is solid throughout. The middle part might yeah, drag a little really bit, good. but I don't feel like it was too slow for me. And I do feel like that there were enough changes uh, throughout the middle, but mm. I think that part of the reason uh, that I don't have as much of a problem with the middle section as you do is because and spoilers i guess but not really because this happens pretty early on mm. uh their kid dies from an allergic reaction right is is that is that yeah. right yeah yeah it was a <laughs> the, and that's another thing i love about that opening it's such a unique weird out of nowhere death <laughs> the way it happens um yeah like they're, yeah. they're just on family vacation and and she has an allergic reaction and, and, and the mom gets an allergic reaction and, and there's some talk about, Oh, did the daughter, you know, is she having one? She's like, well, she ate the same thing, but she's fine. And then the mom, you know, is at the hospital getting out of her allergic reaction of having her face all bloated and everything. And <laughs> she looks over to her daughter and her daughter is dead. Yeah, um, it's so oh, well. Wow. Yeah. It's a real, it's a good, it's a great <clears throat> kind of gut punch. Um, you know, not to mention they actually cast a very real looking kind of kid instead of a movie type kid, I would say. <laughs> um, 
And, um, and it just, you, you really like, I mean, like I kind of figured out what was going to happen. I was like, all right, the daughter's probably going to die. Cause they already brought this up. You know, yeah. she ate the same thing, yada, yada. But even, even though I kind of guessed it, it's still, when it happens, it's like, oh, wow, that's pretty sudden. And, you know, where's the movie going to go from here now? <laughs> and, and that's where it goes. Like three years later, it's this couple and they're obviously on the verge of divorce because of this incident that happened with their daughter and they're having to reconnect and figure out their love for each other. I mean, Hey, anyone that's been married knows what that's like. <laughs> yeah. And, and when those days keep repeating to mm-hmm. me, it was because they are right on the edge of divorce um, mm-hmm. and like, they're trying to reconnect. They're trying to determine, they're trying to figure out, should they even stay together? It, it's like they're playing through all of their mistakes and mm-hmm. it's like, they're having to think through if I had done this differently, could I have saved her? If I had acted yeah. faster, could I have saved her? If I had been more loving towards them, could I have saved her? If I and so like I, I think that that's maybe why it hit me harder is you mm. know thank God my son is alive, but just that constant fear of if something were to happen to him, and and mm. what kind of toll would would that take uh, on me and Jess, and like how would we get through it, and you know the the fact that she's pregnant now, and like there is just so much overwhelming fear with what if something happens to my kids? Mm -hmm. Yes. There's that fear of uh, losing a spouse and, and that's not to minimize it at all. Period. There's a lot. Spouses are also adults. (laughs) Yeah. Kids rely on us for their survival. I'm very intentional with not putting a butt between those two sentences. And, (laughs) and so it's just like, and I'm not last year. Was it last year? Year before? No, no. Uh, year before last, Eric and I did our um, countdown to Halloween where we addressed our personal fears and mm-hmm. mine because my son had just been bored, born, not bored, <laughs> because my son had just been born. My fear was what if I make one stupid mistake and I destroy his life forever? And Eric's fear is what if I make one stupid mistake and my kids die? And so for mm. two weeks straight, we were watching nothing but like just kids either dying or or just like terrible things happening and it still kind of haunts me a little bit uh that's part of the reason why we did it was to like address our fears head on but i i think that that has shaped some of the ways that i watch movies and so with coco di coco da like Mm -hmm. yeah their relationship was the movie but it was also again just that replaying in your mind what if i had done this differently what if i had done this what if i had acted faster what if i had and i i don't know like it it didn't it didn't wreck me or anything but Mm -hmm. it it was hard to watch at times especially because of the fact that they did keep dragging on uh just all of those sort of brutal ways that uh that those sideshow people were attacking them (laughs) it's definitely something i gotta watch again um like I am such a desensitized guy at this point in my life that <laughs> I, I didn't think that they were brutal enough to them, <laughs> even though they're killing them and doing whatever they're doing. Um, I was almost thinking it was a little bit too tame. And that's another reason why I was kind of out of it. Um, also, it seemed like for at least the first 50 fucking times that the husband was watching his wife get attacked. He didn't seem to care about her getting attacked. Yeah. Um, but, but I guess that was part of the point. Maybe, um, 
I don't know. There was just a lot in the middle that I was having issues with that I, I just, I got to watch it again and see part of it also was the cinematography. I think I brought that up to you. It seemed like, you know, you have these very outlandish characters that are based on a nursery rhyme that uh, the cinematography and all of the scenes that they're in is just so bland. It's that very indie filmmaking, you know, gray, everything's soft. They didn't color grade it at all. And, and that shit always bothers me. Um, but maybe that was the intention that, you know, yeah. I wonder if the characters or... wouldn't have stood out as much if there had been yeah. more dynamic uh, uh, cinematography because yeah, it was yeah. a lot of static shots, <clears throat> but like, especially that main dude, that little, little Colonel the, Sanders the... looking dude. Oh, like, I love that guy. That's my favorite character. He was like, <laughs> he just felt so, He's ah, great. he, he felt yeah. so evil. Because like yeah. the big brute of a, a guy, he just seemed like a brute, and, yeah, and the girl, exactly, yeah. she seemed like she was also dealing with issues. But like him, he <laughs> seemed like he was in eye. Ah, he was, <clears throat> yeah, uh, seemed like he movie. needed some orange skin and uh, early bad comb over. It's it's a movie that definitely gets you <laughs> gets you thinking long after you watch it. Uh, I, I guess another issue I had is what the hell was with the change in the actress when she goes into a cabin in the middle of the woods i am assuming that's supposed to be the daughter all growing up i don't know if you remember that yeah no i and i remember you saying something before i watch it because uh like i i was focusing on that i think there's a scene where we legit have now been following this couple through all these torments day after day and then the woman finally escapes on her own because it's usually the husband that escapes and and he wakes up from his own nightmare and he kind of remembers what happened the day before unlike groundhog day he doesn't remember very much but yeah like there's just that sense yeah. of unease yeah yeah and then finally out of nowhere we take a detour and then we follow the woman <laughs> and she walks through the woods in this long walk and finds this little cat because she's following a, a white cat like to me it's like alice in wonderland meets funny games that's what the movie basically is <laughs> um but you know she follows yep. this white she follows this white cat to this little gingerbread type house and she goes inside and and all of a sudden it's like different fucking actress for no reason and I'm, I'm assuming that it's because it's the daughter all grown up but. yeah i don't know if it was supposed to be the daughter or if it was supposed to re- like represent a different side of of her I don't. I don't know. I still don't understand why they went with the different it, actress. But. That was one of those things that just felt like a little pretentious, artsy fartsy thing to me. But, <laughs> other other than that, and and the slow part, I thought. I mean, obviously that movie affected me. I can't stop thinking about it after watching it. So. Yeah, it was. It was something. So, what's y'all's takeaway? Highly recommend, but you'd also hate it. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah some somewhere in the middle <laughs> uh so a- andrew you stepped away for a second uh but i'm pretty sure you heard my uh comparison earlier of clockwork orange meets rosencrantz and gildenstern and mark's mm. comparison was alice in wonderland meets funny games okay, okay. wow yeah that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what i fucking mean is like you you finish watching the movie and you can't stop thinking about it yeah um <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's worth seeing. Like I said, there's very few movies out there that I see that are original movies that I leave and I'm like, I really want to make that because I feel like I can make that a better movie. Sure. <laughs> and, and and this is this is one of those movies. <laughs> um, like I'm like obsessed with thinking about how I could do that middle part better right now. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. 
upset that I missed this one. I, I was really excited to see it, and it just yeah. I just couldn't get it yeah. fit into my schedule. It's yeah. it's it's worth checking out if you guys could track it down. I don't know if it's got distribution yet, uh, or it does have distribution, but I don't know if it's out yet. I should say, mm-hmm. um, yeah. it's unique. Yeah. It's it, yeah. <laughs> it's it's messed up and unique. Um, yeah. All right, the um, again, lots of movies to talk about, uh, but I think that the two that I especially want to focus on before we jump over to some of the shorts and then we can come back and uh, address the hell is other... Andrew eating it... I made a pizza that's where I was heading <laughs> out. I made a pizza no queso with it <laughs> I mean it's like I didn't really make a pizza I know that might offend you Mark all I did was frozen <laughs> pizza Very oh it looks just like my face <laughs> that's a pretty tasty looking pizza right there yeah well, hold on I'm a... <clears throat> all right oh, yeah, there so oh there we go we can see it yeah <laughs> lovely so if we have a chance to come back to some of these other features after we get through uh, through a couple more and, and some of the shorts, uh, but I think that the two that, that I especially uh, want us to focus on are um, uh, the Vice Guide to Bigfoot and Scare Package. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Those are both really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I, I, hands Going down, from I'll, something I'll, crazy to something yeah. really fun. Uh, outside of the two dramas that I think are the the best films of the fest. I, I think those were the most fun CFF type movies. Um, you're just kind of laughing and on the ride throughout both of those. Also a uh, scare package had our patron saint of Joe Bob Briggs in there. So <laughs> right. it was, that one it was nice seeing him somewhat of part of the fest. This year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. One of my favorite lines involves him, but I don't want to, <laughs> no i don't it, it, it doesn't line? give anything away the uh uh never meet the your heroes line? or your dad oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i mean come on we're all that guy <laughs> we're, we're all that yeah. nerd. when that guy said when he called him papa <laughs> i lost it <laughs> papa. <laughs> yeah so scare, scare package is really it's, it's, so an, it's an anthology that's really fun especially if you're a genre fan i guess <laughs> yeah i scare package might have been my favorite of the weekend um uh, not, yeah, not jen, the most jen, powerful jen loved that one i think that was her favorite <laughs> it was just an I, I, I said in my uh, Twitter post about it, um, something like it takes horror very seriously, but it doesn't take themselves very seriously in yeah. terms or no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, they take very seriously having fun. Mm-hmm. I forget what I said. Something about that because like <laughs> they're not making fun they, of the horror genre. No, they're having fun with the horror. Genre. Exactly. And right. they don't take themselves serious at all. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of a podcast I know. <laughs> oh, really? What podcast <laughs> you were that doing be? there? <laughs> it, yeah, there were some of the shorts too that were just so incredibly clever. I mean, like the way that they're like all every single one of them are really playing with like horror conventions. That even even if you're not like a diehard horror fan, like you're kind of aware of like like I think m- maybe my favorite one was uh, the one done by Anthony Cousins. Um, which I cannot remember the title of it. Well, that is true that I that I do have what? a bias. What was Anthony that? Cousins. Um, it was the one where uh, they 
capture it, it, the killer and they cannot kill him. Um, kind of playing on the trope of how like the killer mm-hmm. in horror movies always comes back. So it was like they tied him up and then they like stabbed him and he kept coming back and ended up like killing all of the other people mm-hmm. who had captured him. Um, that's just it's just one of those like fun things where they're like really playing with your knowledge of the genre and uh, like it's it's just so tongue in cheek and goofy and over the top that uh, I had a blast yeah. with that one. Yeah, there there were some really good shorts. I think my favorite was uh, um, was it called? <laughs> Andrew's gonna kill me, but Gabby. <laughs> that that name of it. <laughs> no, that, see that that's the specific shorts. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm at- yeah, uh, you meant a short in scare package. Oh, short in scare package. Yeah, my bad. I guess I should have said segment. Okay. In scare package, it was the one. Um, like like Eric was saying, it was like the um, not cabin in the woods, like the summer camp one, where uh, the the killer kept killing all of the the boyfriends of that girl, and then uh, at the end, she's putting him in the wood chipper. Man, I don't remember that one at all. Really? <laughs> How do I not remember that one? Well, it was funny too because they also play on the I, whole life. I just, re- uh, I just remember the disease thing. one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the disease one was pretty great. Uh, there was the uh, the werewolf one. Um, yeah. With Noah Segan. Mark, are you, are you sure that you watched your package? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember that one. <laughs> I will admit that as much as I will sing the high praises of Scare Package, I did fall asleep in that one <clears throat> uh not because it was just because i mean you you do a movie marathon you tend to fall asleep uh-huh but i remember oh, yeah. i woke up towards the end and i just remember thinking this is why i love anthology films <laughs> I don't have to rewind. you can I'm miss some of it to... and it's yeah, and it's okay maybe i'll fall asleep during that segment <laughs> i'll revisit it when it comes to shutter uh which, which is coming up to... in two weeks i think one week, mm, couple, very yeah. soon. So, a couple weeks, I think. Oh uh, man, they're also the one in the woods where like everybody's just being like horribly murdered. Like they <laughs> meet that guy that's like melting, and then yeah, they, yeah, that like, one's oh, so that, that's the there's one I, line. I remember vividly. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a line of that that is so funny. Where there's the guy who is melted, and then um, he's like literally just a pile of goop on the ground, but he can still speak. And then yeah. he sees another person being disemboweled and he goes, Ooh, that's disgusting. And he's like, <laughs> nastiest thing you've ever seen. Yeah, and the like, effects are so incredible. He's narrating her demise. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. They, I, I, I loved all of them. They were, uh, it, if you've been watching horror movies for more than about a year, and have seen, you know, the, some of the staples. Then, then you're gonna love each of the segments in Scare Package. Um, we we definitely are a little biased towards Anthony. Uh, he did uh, a couple of shorts that are are some of the best shorts that I've ever seen. I absolutely love them. One of them is When Cesar Stirs, which is um, a, a I think really really good body horror about. Uh, it has some sort of like cosmic Cthulhu esque feel to it. Um, but just so so disgusting. Not only in the the body horror itself, but then at one point he's bleh, it's gross. Check it out, love it. Uh, but he also did the bloody ballad of Squirt Reynolds, which is <laughs> say Squirt. Yes, yeah. The bloody ballad of Squirt that Reynolds. So good. Yeah, I love uh, it. Which is about which a, is, a killer in a summer camp. Mentioned- 
they mentioned in the scare package Q and a that, that short, the bloody battle of squirt Reynolds is the reason why Anthony cousins got to direct the segment on uh, scare package. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, yeah. Scare package is great. Uh, th- there's not a whole lot to say about it. It is a lot of fun. Where, um, where is that director based out of? I want to say that he's Michigan, Minnesota. He, he he's in the epicenter of uh of some protesting i i know that um interesting i i forget where exactly he's from mm-hmm. um up north though um he he was also i mean i i can't not say this during the q a he was wearing a central cinema shirt that has uh yeah nick cage's face on it which is oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah that's right <laughs> which is a lot that. of fun <laughs> Uh yeah, the scare package again. It's an anthology. It's a horror comedy anthology. It's it's great. It's funny. It's not necessarily scary. Um, but there's a lot of really fun gore. So uh, yeah, definitely check that one out. No no questions about that. If you enjoy horror movies, period. Highly this is recommend a nice that one. Uh, nice man on the job shot of Eric here with his uh, <laughs> computer. <laughs> typing away since, since i kept getting uh, kicked out of my computer on here can you even hear i feel like I, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Closer to this. yeah um i'm trying to pull up okay good good i was trying to pull up the movies on imdb on my laptop while uh-huh. chatting on my phone <laughs> so yeah so you like this angle it's a good angle yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's you feel good like angle. this would be a good like angle it. in a documentary or something yeah, it almost looks fish eye. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if you were doing I mean, a documentary on I, podcasters hmm, through Zoom, like, do you think this would be a shot that you use? I, I legit filmed the same angle for three of my docs now. <laughs> nice. All right, so Vice yeah, Guide to Bigfoot. Nice, nice, nice clock, too, by the way. Nice clock? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, for a minute, oh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, could, I didn't hear the L, so... When, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Just trying to clarify that that's what you're talking about. It's, it's not that, that angle. camera down a little bit lower. <laughs> so Vice Guide to Bigfoot. Um Yeah, really really fun movie, man. Um I and it's funny because I I'm kind of friends with the director of it, but uh a little bit. I kinda loosely know him from when I first moved here just met him through friends, but uh, even though I knew him, I was expecting to hate it for the simple fact that I'm, I'm, I've seen so many Bigfoot movies and, and Bobcat Goldwaith's Bigfoot movie came out a few years ago. And this looked exactly like that kind of a movie to me from the outside. Sure. <laughs> uh, but it's so different. Um, and, and it's really funny in how they kind of poke fun at vice. Cause it, <laughs> it, it does feel like a vice episode. <laughs> <laughs> just you know obviously shitting all over them <laughs> which i appreciate and i love and <laughs> it uh so i this is one of the few that i actually did watch the trailer beforehand because mm. this was one of the ones that was uh on the original lineup for the on ground fest and for the, I, what, for the, for the on ground film festival okay. like back when it was um uh, this is one of the ones that did make the transition from mm-hmm. on ground to virtual. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the trailer and thinking, this looks funny and I think that I'm going to enjoy it. But like, <laughs> I know exactly what this movie is going to be. And I yeah. watched it and I was right. Like watching the trailer 
it, mm. it tells you exactly what the movie is going to be. It gives you some of those jokes. It gives yeah. you like, you know, some trailers you watch and it's like, it's not inaccurate, but that's not the movie I was expecting. This is pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. You watch the trailer and then you watch the movie mm. and it's just like, yep, that was two minutes of this movie. It is, it is exactly what you expect. And that's not a bad thing. Like it is, yeah, yeah. It, it's great that you can watch a trailer and know exactly what you're getting into. Um, no, yeah, that, it, was, that, it was a lot that, of fun. That main guy had the perfect amount of hipster cringe. That, <laughs> that just it made the movie so hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I, my only complaint would be that the the actual Bigfoot obsessed dude, you know, who, <laughs> who's referred to as uh, GameStop Indiana Jones, which I think is one of the, one of the funniest. <laughs> lines i've ever heard i I couldn't stop laughing i almost kind of wish that that guy was just an older person like i kind of wish he was because i too much of the film feels like just a bunch of buddies going out and making a film in their backyard which is exactly what that movie is (laughs) um i almost wish that we had an older but you know we had some older people later on at the ending Uh, but that game stopped indiana jones saved that (laughs) for me like after i heard that i was like okay i accept him <laughs> he's he's gonna be my obsessed bigfoot hunter dude who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing <laughs> uh, anyway yeah really funny <laughs> and it was it was fun to see a lot of people that i've become friends with down in atlanta as characters in that movie there's a lot of atlanta people in if- it if I remember correctly, I saw Chris Dorch's name somewhere in the credits, but I don't remember seeing yeah. him. Uh, I maybe they did a Kickstarter or something. I, I thought his name was like a, a credit of a person. Maybe he was a background oh. person. I don't he, know. He could have could have been maybe just some extra redneck running around the woods or something. <laughs> 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 but uh, but yeah. They, <laughs> It was good. It's it's worth checking out, even even though the trailer kind of gives you the movie that you're you're going to see. Um, yeah, but again, I, not, not I, I gotta thing. say, I, it's the only film out of the whole fest where I was legitimately like, I was laughing hard almost at every single scene. <laughs> like there was at least a good joke, you know, in every scene that they had. Like there's a lot of duds, but but the good jokes really landed with me. Like, and when they landed. <laughs> Like GameStop, Indiana Jones, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> See, the, the jokes that landed the most for me were the things that like people are actually going to say. So, uh, like, however many times he said that he was an Eagle Scout. Oh, I love that <laughs> shit. Yeah, that's like a running joke in the whole movie. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the guy it, calls him out on his bullshit. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Those Doesn't he go through all of the scouts? Doesn't he start with, like, Weebelos? <laughs> and then go to Boy Scouts? And then go- <laughs> If he does, then I missed that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Vice got a big foot. It's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's nothing like uh, the Bobcat movie. It's, it's different. It's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I missed that joke too, Nathan, because I didn't, uh, I didn't see the movie, unfortunately. So. <laughs> You well, know, one of these days, days. GameStop Indiana Jones. Uh, that was GameStop one of the best. Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> It's just it the, he says it. it he says sure. it at the he says it at the right time. It's right when you see this character for the very first time, and this vice guy is like GameStop Indiana Jones. I've seen it before. It's <laughs> the funniest <laughs> thing <laughs> because you know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> yep. Oh man. 
God. All right, let's so, dive so into funny. some of the shorts. And uh, Mark and I, at least, were able to get through almost all of the shorts. Mm. We're not going to talk about all of them because, again, there yeah. were 50 There's plus shorts. <laughs> the, I, I do want to say this because I, I feel like this uh, added a lot of my enjoyment. And I think it's amusing. Other people might not, but whatever. So because we had been focusing on the live events and the uh, the feature films during most of the weekend on Monday night when we were like, oh, crap, this is going to be over in the morning. We need to get through as much as we possibly can. <laughs> we were just powering through as many shorts as possible. And it was like, like working out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we were spotting each other like, all right, I just saw this one. Is it good? Yeah, but uh, watch this one instead. This one's better. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, like we, we were powering through them and like giving suggestions on which ones to watch Help, next helping each other out. <laughs> and then yeah. Andrew would jump in on occasion. Just like, yep. Don't need to watch that one next. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the highlight of the weekend, but it might've been well, one of the most memorable parts of the weekend. And for me. what was so great is by that point, I think all of us, got a better understanding of what our tastes are yeah <laughs> that mm-hmm. you would For see sure. something and you'd be like yeah mark you won't like this <laughs> <laughs> like, and you'd be so spot on <laughs> so uh we are going to touch on some of the highlights but the the one that might have been the biggest highlight for me um just because of how just insanely over the top it was was one that unfortunately had some playback issues and so it was not available during the entire weekend um so it was one um that that the director actually messaged me and was like hey uh you guys covered um my first short um freelancer during the knox horror fest Do, do you also want to watch this one i was like yes please and in case you've not seen freelancer it is um it's about a freelance photographer or, you know, documentary filmmaker who uh, <laughs> who's down on his luck and just like takes whatever gig he can. And so he is recording a wedding and literally all hell breaks loose, like during a wedding, like demons pop up and it just turns into this giant satanic orgy. But like Sounds right not, up my alley, not the fun kind, like the kind where like people are running and screaming <clears throat> And like you see a whole lot of demon dick, and it yeah. is th- this is the kind of life that Andrew and I aspire to. Live. <laughs> so, much, so much demon dick, yeah, Mark, you you would love this one, Andrew. I'm sure you would too. Yeah, it does sound good. <laughs> it it stuck with us so much that when I messaged Eric to say, "Hey, Eric, do you remember Freelancer?" He was like, "How could I ever possibly forget it?" <laughs> so the new short. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, let me pull up the director's That's name. That's also saying and... a lot for me, by the way. I just want to point out, I forget everything. <laughs> True. Me too. <laughs> so, uh, so Sorry, the director, and I do want to make sure that uh, that I get the name right, even though sometimes I am bad at pronouncing names. So Francisco Lacerda. Names. Yes, Francisco Lacerda. His newest short, Karaoke Night. It is... It met all of the expectations of what I wanted it to be. <clears throat> and I know, I know that it's hard to talk about shorts just because there's so little about them <laughs> that you can't really go into too much without saying literally everything in the short. <clears throat> but it's about uh, like this lounge singer um, 
at at some bar and just two just fucking douchey guys show up like like greasiest of greasy like you you know just by looking at them like oh you are a sexual predator okay they basically yep. they basically look like me and andrew <laughs> that's not true <laughs> <laughs> they look like a caricature uh, of the worst parts of you maybe okay uh no like just like you see them and like you just know like these are just ugh, vile gross people <laughs> So, uh, so like after the girl is done performing, one of the guys, uh, like goes into her dressing room and like tries to sexually assault her and she escapes somehow. I, I forget exactly what she does. Um, but then gives him a good old kick to the balls. I, I thought she did something else. Like I figured she kicked him, but I thought she did something else yeah, as well. She, she kicks him little bad boys then, then like he chases her outside to you know continually to to continue to be a sexual aggressor and i think that's when she kicks him in the nuts uh and then this this little demon dude pops up and he unzips his pants and he has a sentient demon dick that like has its own character and <laughs> The, the thing that I love about this short is like it does have a social message. It does have uh, feminism and female empowerment. And it does, I think, talk very strongly against <clears throat> sexual predators. And um, and like there's just so much uh, so much of a cathartic release of seeing what this demon does yeah. to this obvious sexual predator that it the is message, disgusting the and over is, the top. Don't, don't rape women or else you get fucked up the ass by a one-eyed monster. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm laughing at rape at all, even if it is, uh, you know, like penalizing people who are aggressors. I'm not laughing at that because, you know, in any form, it's not good, yeah. but it's, it is so again, just so visceral and so cathartic to be like, you know what? Ooh, yeah. Son, mm, revenge demons, not terrible yeah. question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't, don't expect anything deeper than that. No. <laughs> there's no explanation for why there's a one eyed monster all of a sudden with a, with this his penis looks like the sandworm from dune <laughs> yeah like at one point oh, God, doesn't yeah. he feed oh, man, him like yeah. the dude's turd or something yeah, like it's something. <laughs> so oh it's great um, but it's got it, it's it's got that that cff like look it's got that cool <laughs> kind of neon lighting throughout it and that synthesizer score and <laughs> just you know the monster itself and it's and the gore that's in it is very cff very <laughs> over that, the top that rubbery look mm, yeah really cool it reminded me a lot of one of my favorite films rock and roll nightmare penis <laughs> <laughs> monster looking things it's right up there i was oh, gonna say it looked like william's monster. older brother is what it looked like oh william the monster yeah. is amazing william <laughs> It's got uh, this weird, like, uncanny valley thing to it where it looks like it should not be able to move, like, because it's so puppet like, and that yeah. ends up, like, making it even more disturbing the fact that it is <laughs> not very realistic. I don't know. It's so weird. Uh, yeah. I, there, I also, there's not much else I to just say. Realized, <laughs> I, I have one last thing that I just realized, which is kind of slightly blowing my mind a little bit. Uh, the, so, the character, the main character who is, uh, who is, the receiver of the rape 
um, is the director of Mutant Blast, which we saw at CFF last year. Okay. Oh, wow. Fernando, I, I, Fernando A L L E. I don't know how you pronounce. I knew that guy looked like a director. Mark and Andrew. <laughs> You've got that look. Even the. Uh, even like the uh, yeah, it's a it's a given up on life look. <laughs> <laughs> Even the image, not really like the the poster image, but the yeah, uh, it looks like me yeah. with a mustache. It, oh, well, yeah. it it just looks so CFF, and it's um yeah, those colors. Yeah, that's a cool. Poster. I'm gonna shave my facial hair there... to look like look like that guy. I didn't know there was a poster for it. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't seen a poster either. Um, but yeah, that that was a lot of fun. I'm bummed that that <laughs> wasn't included uh, in the fest. Uh, uh, but but yeah, uh, great job on that for that filmmaker. <laughs> definitely but definitely a short I'm not going to forget. So. <laughs> nope. Yeah. If uh, if you have a chance to watch his other one, Freelancer, definitely recommend yeah, that one. Oh it's, man, I really want to see that. It it's not as like I feel like Karaoke Night was a little bit funnier. Um, uh-huh. and and a little bit more stylized and uh, where where is he based i don't i don't know um i don't know he didn't say but yeah uh if, if you get a chance definitely watch freelancer definitely watch karaoke night not for the faint of heart like that's one of the ones that i will very strongly recommend with a specific style yeah. so uh you know don't <laughs> don't go watching that one with your kids or anything <laughs> Unless you want to show them, this is what happens if you become a horrible sexual predator. Fun for yeah. the whole family. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Some of the other shorts that, that stood out. Um, Mark, what were some of the ones that stood out to you? Uh, Gabby was one. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I Andrew, did you that. not like Gabby? A- a- Andrew's not happy with that. I. The <laughs> only reason I dislike Gabby is because of the tainted message it gives about the creator of Kathy. <laughs> uh, and i would i made a point to say that i think the creator of kathy is a very beautiful woman and if you haven't ever looked up what the creator of kathy looks like i suggest you go do a google search now and you'll see what i'm talking about there's many images andrew sent us a hundred of them doing it. She, the, the creator of kathy in no way looks like what you expect her to look like based off of yeah. the comic you character the that cre- you assume she's like representing herself. You, you, ex- you expect the creator of Kathy to look like Gabby. <laughs> it's the right. character in this. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the creator of Kathy is an elegant, uh, <laughs> eloquent, beautiful, intelligent woman. Uh, <laughs> it really offended Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, I feel putting that aside, uh, Mark and Andrew, I feel like both of you could really relate to this one because of comments like, Hey, you should make a documentary about blah. Cause well, like, yeah. like <laughs> that's the entire thing is just like that toxic fan culture of, I yeah. know what's better than you, the creator of this thing. Yeah. And yeah. I love I love that. Yeah, it has a real kind of misery vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically our life. <laughs> <laughs> no, the movie, not like <laughs> the emotional state. <laughs> but uh, yeah, both, I guess both, I could relate to that character a lot. I mean, Gab, Gabby, for anyone that's listening, I guess we should be explaining a little bit about these eh. plots. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 
uh gabby is basically the woman that wrote kathy it's obviously a play on her um who's now an older woman who's you know still trying to write her comics but does she's ran out of ideas and she looks out her window just you know looking out the window one day and she notices some guy jumps over her fence who has a mask on and a gun he's obviously getting chased by the cops and he breaks into her house and holds her hostage and she's worried she's going to get killed but she finds out that he's a super fan and he realizes he's you know who she is and he takes his mask off and anyway she ends up getting her last great idea i guess from him <laughs> latest pest <laughs> well you neglected to mention too that this guy murders someone like she witnesses a murder yeah that's right yeah i forgot there's yeah. a murder in there and... <laughs> and it's also got a cat in it so obviously that's getting two thumbs up for me <laughs> oh man so the, the I... cat as soon as that cat showed up i was like yes this is my favorite short of the, of the oh short. my god so I don't want to give away the ending of it, uh, just because it's so I, good. I, I, that, I love that, her that, reaction at the yeah. end. It's it is the best possible way to end it. Just <laughs> yeah, to me, to me that <laughs> perfect that, that film best encapsulates what I think a perfect short film is. It's like it's it sets up it sets up this joke and then there's a punchline at the end. Of there's it. a Boom, beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, what about you? What were, uh, were some of your favorite shorts? Um, well, I liked Little Willie a lot. Yeah, Little Willie. Oh yeah, uh, that's, that's my boy Andrew Bowser. He's a he's a great filmmaker. Yeah, I really like seeing Adrian Barbo and anything. Uh, Me too. Big fan. <sighs> but uh, I mean, it was just so well done, and um, obviously, uh, like big nod to horror nerds like us, I guess, um, who, who know what those kind of conventions are like. And, uh, yeah, I don't really want to give away too much, but it's sort of, uh, Andy from child's play as an adult dealing with what I'm guessing that guy must deal with. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drinking alcohol with, a couple other actors <laughs> yeah. struggling now in their careers. <laughs> uh, which I mean, no disrespect because I love child's play one and two. Um, well, and three, but they make some <laughs> joke in there about uh, little Willie three being the best one. And I couldn't tell if that was trying to imply that child's play three is the best one. I think I the joke with that, with that was, he was like, I wasn't in that one. And they were just right. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I think <laughs> which that's I get it, but that's that's how Child's Play. I mean, that directly aligns with Child's Play, right? Well, I'm just saying. Is I think Child's that, Play three, the one that's in the military academy. Yeah, yeah. and it was a completely okay, different okay. actor, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. Um, but yeah, and I know we talked about the Haunted Swordsman. In oh the, God, yes. Oh man, the Haunted Swordsman is incredible. Yeah, that, I mean that that one would be my favorite. Although I saw it at. Uh, we we saw it, I think. At the two the of you did. I I wasn't able to catch that one. So that yeah. So I missed that one. And oh okay. Oh my god, it's beautiful. I loved it. It was yeah. phenomenal. I like especially like that opening shot. For a minute, I really thought they were. It was like a real yeah person, and I was like, how the f- did they do this? And then you see that it's a puppet, and it still like takes a minute for for mm-hmm. you to really realize what it is that you're seeing. Um, yeah, man, that one was just 
so impressive, so seamlessly. Like they just put put it all together so seamlessly. And also, I didn't realize this until afterward, but like they had Christopher Lloyd mm-hmm. um, doing the voice of one of the characters, and yeah, yeah a couple, uh, couple of name actors in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was I trying mean, to think of the other Frank the other guy Tintin. that was in it. I mean, the budget for that was was huge for a short. I, really I just goes to show how important voice acting is, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wrapping this back around. <laughs> Take a Again, lesson. to be fair, that was a very solid movie that just could have benefited from some voice acting. I didn't mean it in that big of a diss. I'm just, just honestly like, yeah, look, look how important it is. They just oh, needed yeah. Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> You know what? I could have bought Christopher Lloyd as uh, the the crazy old uncle uh, in in Attack of the Demons. <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah, I could see that. But it it is true that that <clears throat> Haunted Swordsman, like you think it when you start watching it. I remember when we saw it for the first time at Frightening Ass Film Fest that we, I think me and Andrew thought it was real people at first. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's insane how um, how real life the the puppets look in that. Like way more than. Uh, what is it? Thunderbirds and, and uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Team America. Team America. <laughs> uh, Franca Patente did one of the voices. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. I knew there was yeah, James more. Hong was the other person I was thinking of to get yeah. to. Oh yeah, he was that little skull dude, wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was also just good. I mean, you know, it's it was it had all these great elements: <laughs> comedy, action, and then just looking yeah. beautiful. Amazing set design. Yeah. 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 Speaking of that, I'm going to let you go uh, handle my other favorite short cucumber. (laughs) (laughs) The the only film in the festival that I actually produced. (laughs) Uh, Andrew, why don't you explain the plot to cucumber? Cucumber is about a young man who has a cucumber lodged up his own rectum. Uh, it's never really explained. I mean, it's clearly implied for sexual pleasure. But um, what happens is his mother is trying to comfort him at the hospital bedside when the doctor comes in and reveals that the situation is very dire, that the cucumber is absorbing a lot of water and the man is in danger of dying. Uh, but it just so happens that the mother has seemingly invited all of the boys, family <laughs> and friends, and they all go to assist in the emergency surgery that needs to be performed to dislodge the cucumber out of it's his. A, it's a serious medical drama. <laughs> exactly. So, so I know that jokes don't land as well when you're just describing the joke rather than seeing it in person. But my three favorite jokes from that short, the first one is when the doctor says, if you need anything, here's my pager. And he gives them his pager. He just hands him so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> the next is uh, when all of the, the friends and family and extended relatives show up in the hospital. It's like, oh, yes, this is the South. <laughs> like, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> like, this is a private issue. Yeah, let's go ahead and invite everyone. It's like, what the hell are you doing? And then, of course, the uh, the punchline driving it all driving it all home with uh, I was in a real pickle like that was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the ending of the movie. <laughs> no, it's really well done. Oh man, 
shout out to our boy Joseph Yates. Yeah, pulling that one off. Joseph is uh, shout out. Uh, <laughs> I was say shout out to worst boy. As well as the producer, I was the worst boy. <laughs> worst boy grip. <laughs> so oh good. yeah, yeah. We we basically converted my basement into a hospital for that, which I never thought would be possible, but somehow it works. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, <laughs> Joseph is my tenant, who's also an actor slash director, and uh, very talented filmmaker. And uh, I'm happy that it's been getting some test runs. <laughs> yeah, because it really yeah, is. I, I especially, I appreciate it because I hate medical dramas in general. Like, yeah, I yeah. just can't stand how self-serious they are. Oh, and, they're so and, terrible. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> I can't stand, I mean, I can't stand network TV stuff in general. Like, as much as I love Ice-T, I, I, I hate yeah. Law and Order. I hate all those types of procedural shows because they all just feel the same. Like, if they're on, I might watch them, but... I don't it's understand same, people same shit watch every episode day. of like, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I just love like the, the, the satire of that is so spot on and cucumber. It's cool. Great. There's also yeah. some great uh, sound effect work. Yeah. <laughs> some very lovely sound effects. A lot of squishies. Yeah. I, that was the first time I had seen that with uh, headphones and I was really appreciating it. Yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, that's my hand pulling a pickle out of the director's ass. <laughs> first time I ever had to shove a pickle up somebody's ass. <laughs> no, but it's like, it, to be honest, I know uh, in, a, in a way it feels like uh, I think both of us have kind of been schooling Joseph on – uh, needing to watch Zucker Brothers movies, yeah. Uh, like you, you really need to go watch Top Secret if you haven't ever seen it, or like you really need to be watching Police Squad, which um, you know he's been going through and uh, liking a lot. But it's just kind of it's it's amazing that he has that comedic timing without having seen those films. You yeah, know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that's that's what I kind of love about him is uh, it's almost like he has seen them, but he doesn't realize he's seen them. Like, <laughs> consciously, these movies are in his head, but maybe he's, he's like, only watched like the bad parodies, you know, like epic movie and disaster movie. Yeah. And, yeah. Like seen those and said yeah. to himself, these aren't funny. They would be funnier if right. <laughs> he, he blows me away with his comedy though. Cause it's very much that kind of, it's, it's this kind of old dad, like old timer, maybe like dad. Yeah. <laughs> that only only some of us really appreciate <laughs> but yeah even even a joke as stupid as uh if you need anything here's my pager i feel like yeah. some people would just like roll their eyes and toss that out and say don't that's no we can't my, like, no. My, that's one of my favorite jokes my, my, my favorite's the the mom being like what's the progress doctor and the doctor just goes prog no good, prog, no good. <laughs> but honestly uh and not to i mean we don't have to keep too this horn uh, <laughs> no but, please um no i just mean like um so i was there at mark's house when the premiere the cast and crew premiere which was basically you know set up a, a projector in the backyard and then everybody came to watch the final version and um the thing that really struck me was how long of discussions people would go and have and say like this was my favorite joke and then someone would come back. Well, no, no, no. My favorite joke was this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and there's, and, to and what's how much great, there is. what's great about it 
<laughs> is that you find jokes in it that you didn't even realize you saw the first couple of times. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like he he did a, he did a great job with that. One. It, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was uh, <laughs> definitely it, amused it's, me. It's an odd one for CFF, but I, <laughs> I think uh, it, it was good to have a little bit of levity <laughs> in there. <laughs> I, I I feel like it fit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I am I am really bummed that Joseph couldn't make it to CFF in person because he's heard me talk about the fest so much over the years. And uh, he was really looking forward to going up there and meeting everybody. But it is what it is. Hopefully yeah. uh, all of this dumb crap will be over by next year and we can actually, you know, see people in person. It would be again. nice. But one, one cool thing that, that did happen was uh, we didn't have room on our server to have a Q&A with the short filmmakers, but uh, CD1, Chris Storch1, hosted a Q&A with most, <clears throat> well, not most, a, a good amount. <laughs> I yeah, there were like of, 30 on there, there I think. There was a, a lot of short directors, and uh, they were all on there. No, no, um, they were average height. I was waiting yeah, for yeah. it. I knew <laughs> it was See, Joseph would appreciate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're the only ones who <laughs> pass the if you're this tall ride. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> As, Anyway, I was, I was very impressed. Uh, CD one was a- actually able to conduct and moderate a uh, Q and A with like thirty or forty filmmakers. It was insane. Yeah, um, he did a good job. Yeah, he, he kept the pace moving without it ever seeming like cutting people off yeah. or just being like, "Yeah, that's great." Yeah. Next, like it was. Um, I, I felt like it was inappropriate. I, I guess what I was saying is that it wasn't on the website. You had to go to like it was on YouTube. Um, that, and they did like a Zoom feed, kind of like what we have, because I guess Zoom is the only platform that you could do like a hundred people <laughs> <laughs> doing talking. But uh, but yeah, that that was really cool. That again, kind of made me feel like I was at the fest in a way. And and for the first time, I feel almost all the filmmakers for shorts were there to talk and answer Q and As. Whereas at the film festival, you know, film festivals unless they're a shorts film festival that specializes in shorts, they're not going to fly shorts filmmakers to the town. Yeah. So it's either people who are local or who want to go because they want to go. Exactly. Um, So this was cool. You know, we had Andrew Bowser was in there with, you know, little Willie director and a bunch of other filmmakers that lived out in LA or Canada or South America. So that was really cool. All right. Uh, Some of the other shorts, um, I'll not go through these in depth, but just some of the highlights of the highlights common era. Uh, <laughs> let me get to the description of it. Oh, uh, is that the computer one? Yes. In the no. early days oh, yeah, of the yeah. internet, an aging preacher composes his first email, which I was I not expecting it to be necessarily a comedy, but Oh my God, the punchline to that one, it, it, yeah. it was a great punchline for the setup. Uh, th- that they had, especially if you've ever done anything on the computer ever. Um, friend of a friend, uh, a failed musician takes a job at his uncle's pet crematorium. That one just felt so, it, it felt so real. Um, it, it Part of the reason that I like it is because it's also a local filmmaker, uh, like here in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. One of my friends did the music for it, which I didn't realize until I got to the credits and I was like, oh my God, Dooley, Dooley did the music. So uh, it was it was nice seeing uh, some of my friends be involved in something that was on there. <clears throat> yeah, I actually 
had a local friend up there that had a short in there, Mike Wolf or Mike Dobrowski. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he um, hit, and did, um, hit and run. That, yeah, really yeah. enjoyed that one, um, especially because, and, and Mike's been super open about just like his own personal struggles and so how personal that short was. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like that would have come through even if you've never met him and even if you've never talked to him, but especially yeah. having uh, met and friended him, it I, I feel like it was a very powerful, uh, very uh, very personal short. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just like I was just gonna say it was very very well made too. Um, oh God, La Serena. Uh, the lives uh, of Penny, a nighttime police dispatcher, and Nino, a barber, get turned upside down when a ten-year-old yeah. speed drives a stolen. When ten-year-old speed, that's the kid's name, drives a stolen muscle car into their small rural town looking for a mermaid. That very easily could be a uh, a feature film. Yeah, no, it felt <laughs> it felt like a piece out of a Spielbergy type movie. Um, it actually almost felt like a it could have been in the Twilight Zone movie. <laughs> Twilight Zone the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it had that had that feel. Um, that was good. And it had two, uh, character actors. I really like a lot. Um, yeah. One of the things that, uh, that I love so much about that one in particular, I already mentioned, you know, shorts need a beginning, middle and end. Um, there are some shorts that are very, very encapsulated where you don't need to go any longer than, you know, eight minutes because mm-hmm. that, that's, that's all the story that you're telling. It is just a very short beginning, middle and end. That's it. That's all you need anymore is just pointless. Uh, then there are other shorts that feel like it's a clip from a longer movie. So like one of the other ones, which I also loved, um, but it felt like it was a clip out of a movie was, ah, where is it? Um, it's, it's the one where she was running from that demon. Oh Oh, yeah. Uh, Um, I know what you're talking about. Hold on. Uh, Inferno. Yes. Uh, In- Inferno was amazing, and I-, I thought that it was beautiful and incredibly well shot, but it felt like a clip from a movie. And then there are the shorts that feel like complete shorts, but also when you watch them, like you want to see more of it. And you're like, I yeah, I could see that being turned into a feature film without just adding a bunch of fluff, and it doesn't just feel like it's a clip from a feature. And and that's where I feel like La Serena felt, uh, uh, fell was mm-hmm. it was a complete short on its own but would love to see uh, like way more uh in in that world I, th- I thought it was great loved it and that's a local filmmaker isn't it yeah i think so uh they were in I, the I tennessee been... shorts section <clears throat> yeah i don't know how local um <clears throat> excuse me but but yeah they were one of the tennessee filmmakers um did that did that film win did that I think, I think it did. I think that one won yeah. the uh, the CFF shorts. So. Uh, Terraphobia, um, it just a a good simple monster under the bed, but an effective monster. So I dug that one. Um, Beauty Juice, I, I I liked. It was very on the nose, like just looking at the picture and uh, and knowing it's about oh Beauty Juice, yeah, I, okay, so it's going to be vampires eating people. Cool. Um, I think it worked. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, but I'm trying to power through some of these so that I can at least mention, um, at least mention them. Uh, the Tao collective bleed. I liked a lot of the stories. 
I feel like it was a little weird to have a short comprised of shorter shorts. Like I don't have any issues with any of the shorts that were in them. Mm -hmm. And, and again, like I thought they were really good. I think that it's very, very, very important to have female voices in filmmaking, but the structure of having a 13 minute short that had like five or six different shorts within it. It just, yeah, it feels a little weird. (laughs) There's an exhibit joke in here somewhere. The, <laughs> the the structure of it hey, feels man, I heard you weird. Like shorts. <laughs> so I put some shorts in your shorts. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but but I do think that they were good. Um, go back. I feel like was solidly made. Um, live okay. Live forever. A musical love letter and tribute to the victims and horror films that didn't make it to the sequel. In an I anthemic song, the dead unite across genres and time. Oh, was that was the one. That was the where music video where they were singing. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was good. <laughs> <laughs> that um, would have been a, a a great primer for um for scare package. Mm-hmm. Um let's see. Megan twenty six. I'm going to mention oh wait, yes. no, go ahead. Uh, Megan 26 directed by Brea Grant. Uh, Megan has a lot of Megan has been on a lot of bad dates, but tonight is the worst. Uh, really dug that one because you know, it, it shows the Tinder one. Yeah. The yeah. one where she keeps swiping and he keeps reappearing yeah. <laughs> yeah, and love that one. Again, for me, the thing that I love about it is the message and the, like mm-hmm. this, this probably shows at least yeah. a very brief snapshot of the horror that some women feel with like meeting a guy online and then he never backs <laughs> off or yeah, like it's, meeting it's, a dude in person. And then he becomes a stalker or it's funny. I feel like I've seen like 10 short horror shorts that are about Tinder so it's almost like that's its own genre now. It's like ten, <laughs> oh, tender horror. Um, but I love that short. The only thing I hate is I knew exactly how it was going to end as soon as she got into the car at the end. <laughs> it's so obvious to me. But but yeah, great, great short. <laughs> yeah, I I wasn't expecting it. I think because I just wasn't. I was more invested in like, oh my God, how? Like, I've, I've never had to deal with that with like yeah. someone just incessantly stalking me and every time that they swipe away he only gets closer and closer i think that i was more invested in that that i wasn't even paying attention but yeah when you were like yeah as soon as he's in the car obviously <laughs> that's what's going to happen it's like I, oh yeah yeah it is i feel like yeah. so many people are gonna be like what are they talking about because <laughs> they, they haven't seen them short <laughs> I don't um, want to give it away, though. <laughs> yeah, and, and then it's weird with shorts, and again, yeah. why I don't feel as bad with just powering through these. Yeah. Uh, separation by Rebecca McKendry. On the final night of a heated divorce, a husband and wife acquire a yeah. strange new disease. A fun little body horror that I feel like um, uh, v- very effective in the message it was telling. And I think that yeah, it, was that either, it was either after I watched this one and uh, and said, yeah, check it out, or after Mark watched it that um that we were talking about like there have been a lot of films at cff this year that had a theme of like marital strife or or divorce Mm. or separation or and yeah uh, i don't don't even know if that was intentional (laughs) but there definitely were a lot (laughs) i i think maybe it's more of just a um i don't know just showing some of the current fears of society of maybe it's hard to love I don't, because I don't know. husbands and wives are all stuck and stuck at home together and they're <laughs> about to, gonna murder each other you know what 
some of these might have been a little fortune tellery with that yeah uh one of the other things and i don't even remember which short uh made me realize this but there were a lot of vomit scenes this year oh yeah in in shorts and features and um it's it's really it's hard happening a lot just in movies in general yeah but there were a I feel like lot see vomit scenes in everything nowadays because we're all stuck at home having to eat frozen pizza. <laughs> Sick to our stomachs with it. Uh, it's, it is very hard to shoot a realistic vomit scene. There's either not nearly enough because yeah. I, I've never vomited just one little bet. Okay, now I'm done. One, one mouthful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or it is comically excessive. Like, mm-hmm. it's really hard to show a realistic right. vomit. <laughs> I like I like the scene in uh, Super Troopers when uh, Farva vomits. He's actually really vomiting. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. It's so gross. <laughs> A man committed to his craft. Yep. <laughs> Super Troopers is so good. God, I love yeah. that movie. <laughs> Takes place in Vermont. <laughs> uh, Thorns, I feel like, was another one uh, that was really good, but also felt like a that, that clip. was a local one. I think Thorns. I think so. Pretty sure it was. Uh, Sean Temple, Sarah Wisner, Gwen and Jade encounter mm-hmm. unwanted attention during their unplanned stop at a creepy motel. Um, again, like I, I think that it was very well done. It did feel mm-hmm. like a clip from a longer movie, which again, mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Um, did I watch Voices? A troubled young man deals with competing voices in his head. Uh, I saw that one. Did. It- What's that one about? I don't. Like, it's I haven't exactly, marked that I saw it, but it's exactly that. <laughs> he just keeps hearing voices in his head, tell him what to do, and that's basically the short. <laughs> I I saw it, but I don't. I don't remember that one. Uh, the Boogie Woman by Erica Scoggins. Yeah, While roller so skating, we, Sam, a sensitive teenage girl, hears about small towns local legend, the Boogie Woman. Yeah, we um, saw that at Farting Ass Film Fest too, and met the filmmaker. That that's a really well made short film. That's a local filmmaker. Um, cinematography is pretty top notch and she creates this character the boogie woman which is you know a unique original character <laughs> um <laughs> yeah uh would be a very good pairing with carrie uh yeah i, I dug that mm-hmm. one a lot um we already talked about karaoke night um compartmentalization a storage facility that that one was fun oh, i watched this one what was that i liked it uh, um so this is one where Oh no! Sorry, I was just gonna say things, but you, you you go ahead. I've been saying too many words. I mean, it's okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is the one where basically, like, uh, there's a woman who goes to check out the storage facility, um, and it's specifically a place where you can store bad memories. Hmm. Um, so, like, they there's a scene where they like open, or there are a few scenes where they'll open up a like different size storage facilities for different levels of trauma, basically. Um, and whenever the memory is put into the storage facility it's represented with like mannequins um so it's kind of like a still life version of whatever memory it is that they're trying to get rid of um very interesting uh there's also a fun cowboy character in the movie oh yeah it's like a a very like texan like what 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 can i do to get you here in this storage facility type of he's like really he's like really really trying to sell her on it uh, I like it. I like the way that it was. It was. It was fun. It was. It was only like three minutes long. It was really short. Mm. 
Yeah. I like them short. <laughs> so, there were a lot of long shorts. There were a lot of uh, 12 minute plus. Shorts. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad, but I was rushed. I was racing against time to be able to get everything in and any short that was over 15 minutes. Just, I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we started just going based off of what was the shortest one. Like we would find one. Just, yeah. right, this one's eight minutes. Go with that one. This one's four yeah, minutes. I, I, I was just trying to get in as many as I could. <laughs> Did y'all talk about uh, the decapitation one already? I that did one. not because I don't, I don't love that one. De- Wait, what? Cap- decapitato consequence mortality. It was just the one that's like one minute long. Where Remember he's playing a video game a- and the, it shoots the game back out. Oh at him. yeah, no, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. I was like, that's my favorite one. Because <laughs> it was only one like, minute. It was one minute. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's all you need. <laughs> oh man. I can remember oh, one God. time uh, the Power of Glove played at a film festival and they put a short before it and it didn't say how long it was and it was about that long. <laughs> and I honestly <laughs> c- kind of felt bad because I was like, um, oh, God, did the projectionist screw up and only play the last <laughs> minutes or something? Oh, no. Like I really kind of was like, oh, God, did it? And the guy was like, no, that's just that's how short it was. <laughs> it was a good short, though. Anyway, keep, yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, God! Uh, Best friends forever by Emily G- Gagne, G A G N E, and Josh Corngut. Uh, Nancy's back from the grave, and she's just dying to make new friends. Uh, that that one I liked. I feel like it was uh, maybe a little formulaic, but I feel like there was definitely a lot of potential there. Um, I, oh, I, I think it was well acted. That's funny. I I didn't see that for this fest, but I judged it at a. Uh, at a different film festival <laughs> so I, I i saw that at a different film fest literally the week before ours it's crazy <laughs> I, I think it was good um again there's definitely a lot of potential there mm-hmm. yeah uh all right let's see what else uh, there was disco graveyard disco graveyard which like the uh, only other one i watched z's movie Izzy yes. Lee. That one, uh, don't be dead, the dead are dumb, be weird, is the description of it. And yeah. says it all. <laughs> that's, that's accurate. <laughs> Izzy's a, a regular at her fest. Yeah, and she like she's done a lot, hasn't she? Oh, yeah. Almost every year she's got a, a film at the fest. Uh, she's pretty prolific. It seems like every single year <laughs> there's one or two films that she's able to make. <laughs> Uh, for your consideration, um, determined to party at Sundance, three entitled young women meet up at an LA members only club to make a selection worthy short film in an unholy fusion of wokeness and cluelessness. They build a narrative from atop the high perch of their privilege and piece by piece. They almost give a voice to the voiceless without having any idea what they're talking about, but they're positioned to make it all happen. That one. <laughs> what the uh, hell was that? War and wow. peace. Jesus. I really wanted to watch this one. <laughs> so basically it was like three white girls sitting there talking about what short are they going to make? And. Uh, like they have like like the main character is going to be like a single mother and they're like oh no we should make her black but then like they talk about wait is it racist to have her black and so like Mm -hmm. then uh, they get one of their black friends to come in and basically say whether or not it's racist and then like one of them says something about like the ghetto and like they look at her just like am I allowed to say that Uh, and so like then as they're talking like they keep realizing wait a second we can't do that. Let's, let's do this. Um, like I think at one point they talk about rather than having her be black, they should make her uh, Hispanic and like, they should be at uh, like crossing the border. And so like, 
the the main thing from that description is a mix between wokeness and cluelessness of oh here's an important topic that should be talked about wait a second we're white are we allowed to talk about this let's bring in this person but (laughs) then still very much just like funny yeah it's what was that what's that called uh for your consideration it was 13 minutes so it was a little long um for a short but Uh i also i think watched that one maybe towards the beginning or maybe a couple of nights before so there was a short that was it was good but it just it was a little bit too long and i was racing against time it was uh like a hitman and a little girl oh yeah uh i I like that one a lot um piggy bank proposition yeah that was a precocious little girl strikes up a friendship with the hitman she propositions to kill her stepfather (laughs) it was cute yeah i like that one (laughs) You, you get the joke two minutes yeah. into it yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but it's good uh, i had a lot of fun with that one ah uh, god so many shorts why am i saying all of them i need to stop saying all <laughs> you're of them. just like oh i'm just gonna say a few i like all right <laughs> <laughs> i'll say all of them Bust out hit and roll. Sure. Yeah, nathan and i went through a lot that night <laughs> yeah I thought yeah. I was going to be able to watch all of them, and I still had about 30 more to go, it felt like. I, I see I, a thing. It says here, highlights of short films. You see that? You wrote that. <laughs> you wrote that. Yes, <laughs> I am highlighting all of the short films. All right, fine. <clears throat> Metamorphosis. Uh, a woman in 1990s Hong Kong accidentally kills her alcoholic oh, husband yeah, in self-defense yeah, yeah. and finds a unique way to dispose of the evidence. I, I mean, very simple, short, and you know th- there's really no surprises in it <laughs> but but it's it's really good the actress that's in it is phenomenal she's she's actually she gives my favorite performance out of any of the films um she plays basically a battered wife you know and we all know what the hell she's gonna do <laughs> she's gonna chop them in pieces um, yep and they keep showing this restaurant so you know where those pieces are going to go. So, um, but but that woman, she gives a really great performance. Um, I like that one. Had a good look, too. They had that Fight Club filter on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> everything was green. <laughs> Not Which everything. The, the blood was red. Uh, uh, meta- metamorphosis. Yeah, metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, yeah. All right, here. I'll I'll only do three more of them. <laughs> I'm Conspiracy- glad you brought that one up though, because I, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, Conspiracy Cruise for No One and Girl in the Hallway. Uh, Girl in the Hallway, I I thought was beautiful. It was like an animated painting. Like <laughs> each frame was was like a painting, and it was telling uh, telling a true story of a story from childhood, and and an, and an indelible image continued to haunt Jamie many years later um, <laughs> about. Unfortunately, a very tragic story of uh, this little girl that lived in his building that he just never really paid much attention to until one day she was uh, abducted and they found her dead. And like now he just can't get her out of his mind because, I mean, how could you? Uh, it, it was beautiful and a very powerful message. Um, I, I, I dug that one a lot. What, was that the short that the director taught herself animation to make? maybe question mark I, I know that there is one short that um she said that she had to teach herself animation to make that particular short she did she wasn't even experienced in it i thought that was pretty badass yeah um, it, it definitely I, I just, had a very unique look to it as well cool 
Uh, for no one, directed by Christopher Todd, on a normal morning when Paul starts to lose everything in his life, eventually something that matters will disappear. The story on this one, eh, it was okay. Um, nothing really stands out. <clears throat> but uh, the the majority of it was a single take. And so, like, every time mm. the camera would pan over, like, people behind the camera were frantically, like, moving stuff around. So that then when the camera mm. would pan back around. Um, so, like, his entire apartment is basically just crumbling around him. Um so yeah i missed that one i wanted to see that one it was pretty i mean impressive i'm assuming they did a lot of that like practically uh and yeah, so they, if that's the case then it's true well how did, how did, did it, it disappear like the camera's panning and they just take well, things so away. when i say quote-unquote crumbling it's more of like uh like he pours himself a cup of coffee and then it's following him when he goes to uh, the fridge to get out the milk but then as it pans back around the coffee maker is gone and his cup of coffee is gone so it's mm. just stuff like that uh okay. it's not like like the apartment literally falling apart it's more mm-hmm. of just his life interesting is, as represented by things disappearing uh, and then Conspiracy Cruise, directed by Brad <laughs> Abrams. <laughs> I should have read this before I started reading it. First the Macarena, then Makultura. <laughs> a cruise ship vacation for conspiracy theorists takes a turn for the surreal when their most outlandish theories come true on board. <laughs> this yeah, it's one. <laughs> basically a Trump supporter of the movie. <laughs> it's got Hilary Zabowski just being just yeah, like like a mix between um um oh what's his name? Tony Robbins and yeah. a Trump supporter and uh V. It was it, it basically makes fun of conspiracy theorists and, and uh, <laughs> you know, like the five G people, everything. But it's it's so fucking funny because that's oh, been such a part of our of what's been going on these days. <laughs> <laughs> that that one was a lot of fun. <clears throat> okay, there, Andrew. I am done with all of my highlights of shorts. I saw more. <clears throat> that's all right. We're only like three hours into the episode. Sorry. And like, good. Let's get back and talk about how hot that Kathy girl is. <laughs> I was actually busy looking at her website right now. <laughs> she has got a website? No way. Yeah. She just released a book. How old is she now? 69. All right. All right. Is, so. <laughs> we don't need back, to talk about Kathy anymore. Back to the, back to the episode so that we can uh, wrap things up. Um. Yeah, at, at this point, we probably aren't going to go back and uh, and touch on some of those other features uh, that we saw, unless there's any that, that really stand out to you. But uh, regardless of whether or not we do have time to do that, I, I do want to talk a little bit about what we've already at least brought up a couple of times. How do you think the virtual CFF is going to potentially have an impact on the way film festivals will or at least should handle, um, handle their film fest during this pandemic? Because... Again, we already said that they've done a lot of things really, really right, and I, I think that this is the first one that really had this much interactivity. Yeah. I mean, uh, South by Southwest, didn't they just put their stuff on Amazon? They didn't yeah. have any kind of interactive. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 To my knowledge, they didn't. Um, I I feel like a bunch of fests were watching us and monitoring us. I, I, I definitely feel like one of my favorites, which is where I met Andrew, the Calgary underground film festival. I feel like those peeps were definitely monitoring it because they were doing an online fest this month. Um, 
I, I can't imagine, I, I guess it all comes down to what platform they use. I mean, we used Microsoft because they approached us and, and pitched us this idea, I guess. Um, and, and everything was just over the course of seven weeks was kind of pieced together with everyone's ideas getting thrown around. And, and um, so it didn't exist, you know, there was nothing like this as far as I knew before the fest happened. Um, well, yeah. I, I hope that other fests watch this and, and don't just shut down their festivals that they can actually have an, a film festival this year, you know, mm-hmm. by doing this. Um, Cause it would be a shame to lose a year. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I gotta tell you, I mean, during the shorts Q and a, so many shorts filmmakers were in tears talking about how they thought they were, they were not going to play any film festival this year. And then Chattanooga's like, no, 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 we're still having our festival. And, and they were so happy and, and, and uh, appreciative of that. And, and I feel like a lot more would be if other fests, you know, did the same. Mm-hmm. So as filmmakers, what are some of your thoughts on things like, um, like the potential for piracy and, and, and some of those other concerns that, uh, you know, understandably so um, had an impact on what was able to be screened at CFF. But you know, what what are some of your thoughts on that? And uh, again, I know that you did have uh, some in there, but yeah. I mean, it's 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 definitely a, a, the whole piracy thing is is a touchy subject for filmmakers. I am one of the filmmakers that feels like piracy is hasn't been an issue for years. <laughs> I don't think it's affecting films as bad as just distributors f-ing over the filmmakers. <laughs> I think that's their <laughs> biggest enemy. Um, but, uh, but there is that worry. I mean, there was a lot of talk about we're putting films online. People can steal these and you know, yada, yada. So um, a lot of the films that we did play were films that already had distribution, which is why we had a significant amount of foreign films. You know, they, we got, I think, a, a good uh, batch from this company. I forgot the name of them, but uh, um, a lot of South American stuff. <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, <laughs> um, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I know that that's going to be an issue. You know, I'm, I wonder how Calgary Underground is going to handle that. I wonder if they're going to do the same thing where they only take films that already have distribution. Obviously some films that didn't have distribution were fine. Like I'm pretty sure Chad Crawford Kinkle hasn't gotten distribution for Dementor yet. And he allowed uh, CFF to play our film. Also um, people will notice who joined our festival that we were, you were asked to only use Safari as a browser. And the reason for that is because Safari apparently is really hard to steal movies from as opposed to other browsers. Apparently Chrome is really easy to steal movies from. Um, so there's things like that to, to take into consideration. Um, and that was an issue because I haven't used Safari since I bought my laptop probably, <laughs> you know, like 10 years ago. So I had to update Safari because even though I started using Safari, all of a sudden I couldn't <laughs> play any videos. <laughs> you will from Safari and it's like, why are you using me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, the reason I couldn't play videos is because I had to update Safari, which I hadn't used in years. So um, it's it's interesting. I don't know. Anyone got <laughs> anyone got anything else to add? To that? <laughs> yeah, it was just it's kind of that 
secure what's the terms obfuscation or it's like of course chrome and firefox are easier to uh rip movies from because there's a whole community of users around there who are constantly picking at it but like since nobody uses <laughs> safari nobody has done that for it uh and microsoft edge don't forget yeah, that and microsoft edge so yeah, like, there aren't edge and I've never used it before yeah i guess we need to be plugging their browser too if they're <laughs> The actual people who uh, <laughs> put it on. But I, but I even had people using that browser that ran into issues and they were all updated. So there, there's some tech things too that I think some bugs that need to be figured out. I think Eric had issues playing some things. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah. And who knows if that's an internet connection thing or what. Um, I know well, based on the fact that we've lost Eric like <laughs> 20 times tonight, I'm going to say that his issue was the internet. <laughs> We're going to go with the internet. But I, might, I mean, my friend in Vermont had high-speed internet, and I don't, I don't know what the hell the issue was there. And they were using Edge. Edge is that PC version, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't even I didn't even know there was an edge. I thought they were still using Internet Explorer. <laughs> I had, yeah. I've never heard of Edge before because I don't use a PC. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's. I know this is such a cop out answer, but it's like, uh, of course, there's going to be pros and cons, and and um, of dealing with like a virtual festival, and maybe that's just sort of a it's a new fear you have to deal with. Uh, piracy at the film festival level but like i mean i kind of am in the camp of it's better than nothing i mean i'm still really thankful we -hmm. had cff instead of nothing and something maybe that's just like yeah and and like i said some some of these some of these filmmakers were in tears because they didn't think they were going to play any film festival this year and we gave them that chance and uh and people got to see their films and got to interact with them. And that made them so happy. So it's really going to come down to the, the film festivals need to communicate with the filmmakers to do it the right way. That's, and that's what we did. You know, we mm. were talking to the filmmakers and a lot of filmmakers were like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I don't feel comfortable having my film play anymore. Um, Cause we don't have distribution and that's understandable. Yeah. Uh, but the film festivals should communicate with the filmmakers and figure it out together yeah yeah i agree <laughs> all right then but uh, I, I i think you know at least in until we figure out this virus that's going around um i think this worked really well and it can work well at other fests and i also think that uh i mean hey i'm on the board of this fest and i've worked with many other film fests before this every film festival is losing money. <laughs> like barely any film fest are making money. Uh, it's so hard to make money at these things. And, um, and I feel like there's a possibility to do a hybrid between something like this and a actual live festival, like what we're used to going to. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a way to make that work. And I think we should at least attempt it for next year. Yeah. yeah. And like as, yeah, as terrible, like Oh, sorry, go ahead. <clears throat> I was just I was just saying that I like that idea to do some kind of hybrid or at the very least like if you would want to reserve the you know the official festival itself to be on ground if that's a possibility next year then I like the idea of potentially doing uh, using this platform to do other events throughout the year as we kind of mentioned before and kind of mm-hmm. you know continue to utilize that set hopefully they still have access to that set that they built and 
and do mm-hmm. some of those fun public accessy style drive-in yeah. <laughs> drive-in movie nights or something. Because I know that like for for a little bit there, um, they were doing movies in the park in Chattanooga, mm-hmm. um, uh, sponsored by CFF uh, throughout the summer, and that was really cool, a really cool idea. Um, and Nathan and I, we watched part of a uh, creature from the black lagoon last year at CFF and they used that is in that same park and man, that 4k screen just looked incredible out there. Yeah. It's um, beautiful. Wonderful. I really wish I got to go. So, those events were really cool, but, I, but you know, since you can't really do things like that right now, it would be nice to use this platform to do something, some similar one-off events. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. Like show the film and then zoom in the director to talk to, you know, do a Q and a or something. Um, all yeah, throughout absolutely. the year, a, a film festival, uh, one of my other favorite film festivals in Michigan does this every month. Like they'll do a screening and have a, or not every month, but maybe every couple of months they have a screening and then they have, they fly in the director, put them up. He does a Q and a, it's awesome. Um, yeah, it sounds great. You know, the, the town gets to know that director and all of a sudden he's got a fan base in that town. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that that I keep thinking about as terrible as the pandemic is. And as much as I hate the fact that it happened and, you know, as much as people need to keep practicing social distancing and staying safe and uh, wearing masks and doing everything they can to stop the spread of it. There are also some benefits, um, not from the disease, but from just some of the things that have happened in society in terms of. You know, like colleges that have, have had to rethink the way the courses are being taught and mm-hmm. um, all of the, oh, no, you can't work from home, except for now, where you're going to work from home. And, you know, like, yeah. I, I feel like there can mm-hmm. potentially be a lot of benefits and even just things like local farmers being able or, you know, like local farmers markets uh, having more of their produce sell because not as much is being shipped in. And and so My I feel like right down the road. That there's a local farmers market. It's an all black family that has a farm, and and they're killing it because of this. Yeah, awesome. and 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 so I think there can be some benefits, and like sometimes bring people back a little bit to be like, you know, it's it's okay to be a little bit more local. And even though, um, you know, like because of all the streaming services, yeah, TV, I don't feel like is as important as it used to be. But man, watching those live events and and mm-hmm. having that said and seeing Chris interview people and having Beelzebub interrupt people to make some stupid <laughs> demon joke and like there was so much personality <laughs> with it that I yeah. would love for there to be a, a regular showing, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, if nothing else, then just to be like, hey, this was some of the like late night movie stuff that we grew up on. Yeah. Let's, let's go back to it. You know, like it's, it's obviously doable with this mm-hmm. internet platform. And I don't know. I, I hope that it has some of those lasting changes, not just in terms of the film fest itself, but in terms of just an ongoing throughout the year, how are we sharing cinema with, with people that, you know, might not always necessarily have access to it. Um, so yeah, was, I would, those are my thoughts. I would, I would absolutely love to be a part of something <clears throat> like that. It would make me so happy. <laughs> it's been my dream to work on, you know, horror host type shows. I grew I grew up on USA Up All Night. I mean, my mom worked the night shift, and that's why I got into genre pictures. Is <laughs> you know, Gilbert Gottfried and Rhonda Shear would show all these movies of just you know, blood and guts and boobs. <laughs> and that, that's what raised me, and why I'm so fucked up. 
um, but you know, it's just something fun about seeing those like low production values. These people making jokes about these movies, but yet they appreciate these movies. And <laughs> mm. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah I think I, 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 all of us have grown up on some level of that. Maybe not always yeah. the same host, but yeah. 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 All right. We have been talking for a very long time. Uh, like I've said, just about every time that I've talked about CFF, I probably could keep going on for hours and hours. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure we're all getting pretty tired <laughs> and possibly not possibly definitely running out of steam. So any final, uh, in, any final thoughts on any of the films from CFF or CFF in general or um, just, yeah. And any final thoughts? Um, nothing but uh you know, if people want, I think we got a donate button for our website for the fest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of one of our biggest issues is finding funds to help us run our fest every year. So if you can donate, and you know anything helps, and just spread the word about the fest. Um, I I do it every fest I go to or every film person I meet. I always talk about Chattanooga is my favorite. So not being biased either. The whole reason <laughs> I joined the board is because it was my favorite. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, I, I love the people behind it. I love Chris Storch. I think he's got tremendous passion and love for cinema and I want to help him share that. So Andrew, what about you? Any final I parting words? Up. That was uh, heartfelt and uh, sincere. <laughs> I got nothing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Here, we'll, that donate button. Let's go we'll, make some queso. <laughs> we'll skip over to Eric. Then it'll be easier to follow. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, you can touch me. Uh, I can't really think of anything other than the fact that I forgot to talk about The Wave, uh, which is a movie that I also liked. But um, anyway, yeah, that's worth watching. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna dive into it anymore because, like you said, it's late. But yeah, you're, good, you're not gonna dive movie. into that wave. <laughs> no, not no. That wave. That wave is just gonna crash around me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right andrew now do you want to follow up eric because that'll be easier to follow there you go yeah see i I set the bar as low as i could (laughs) oh man now you're Uh, i didn't realize you were gonna wrap back around Uh, (laughs) i too love and it's really good and stuff (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> that is exactly what I wanted to hear. Um, yeah, so do it. No, sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was gonna say you gotta do a screen cap of all of us together. <laughs> yeah, I, I should do that. Where is my? There we go. I think. I don't know. But before we actually leave, I'll get a, 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 okay. a picture we can use for it. Um, oh, because I want my background to be me. Yeah, all my foreground to be you. So yes, yeah, CFF absolutely uh, adore it, and yes, they are our sponsors. God bless you, Andrew. CFF is a sponsor of uh, Video Monsters, but that's not why we talk so highly of them. Uh, we have been saying how much we love them long before um, we they became our sponsors. So we love CFF such a a passion for movies, such a passion for cinema and not just for the movies, but for the filmmakers and for the people who love those movies and for everything that goes in to (coughs) film culture, not just the movies, Uh, such, such a love uh, at at CFF. 
And whether it is virtual or in person, um, support them, show up to any dear God, that's terrifying, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> show up to Chat Film Fest or Frightening Ass Film Fest in whatever. Whatever setting it might be, whether on ground or virtually. And. I think that we've hit our limit for tonight. All right, Andrew, where do you want people to find you and the work that you've done and your power of the glove? Uh, you can go to my personal website, which is andrewaust.in, or just go to YouTube and search Robert E.T., the extraterrestrial. Oh, God, how have we not talked about that? <laughs> yes. Oh, God, another day. The, the best film that didn't play CFF. Oh, yeah, that's true. It should have. Uh, yeah, that's good. that's good. <laughs> D- don't you want to mention the power of glove? Oh, right. The power of the glove? No. <laughs> no. Just go. I just kind of thought my personal website would encompass that. But uh, yeah, thepowerofglove.com is also Damn. another place you can go. Um, All right, Mark. Yeah, that's it. I'm losing steam. <laughs> uh, you can find me on twitter at mark covino m-a-r-k-c-o-v-i-n-o and uh my vimeo page i guess uh, which is basically www.markchristophercovino.com oh and uh, it looks like the exorcist yeah <laughs> so for those that are wondering what's going on andrew's got this wallpaper of his head behind him plastered all over the wall and he- He's moving his head behind the image of his own head. So he looks like Leatherface. <laughs> because somehow uh, Andrew's face is not being registered as human. Yeah. <laughs> showing the background. For his, for his Zoom background. <laughs> Andrew's face oh, isn't man. human. <laughs> um, and and keep, keep your eyes open for Dementor, which is playing film festivals still, hopefully. Um, and uh, cucumber oh yeah yeah <laughs> don't want to forget about that one uh, <clears throat> eric where do you want people to find you um you can find me on the twitters at the chimerican uh that is c-h-i-m-e-r-i-c-a-n um i'm on instagram at chimerican reviews and on letterbox at eric j-a-y oh shit i forgot to plug screen drafts did we talk about screen drafts? No, we forgot to I even talk about the podcast. The yeah, God, you mentioned them at one point, and I was, I was going to come back and say, were you as tempted as I was to just keep texting Graham when he was on screen drafts, just to like <laughs> pester him as much as possible? Yeah, absolutely, it was. It was so great to be able to watch screen drafts and see their reactions. Like I never knew what I was missing by not seeing it, and it was so much fun. Anyway, yeah, I just had to had to mention that because it was a uh, it was a thrilling experience to see that. I agreed. Uh, And you can follow me on Letterboxd at The Gargoyle, and you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Video Monster Pod, or just wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe. Just do a search for Video Monsters. Um, I think that those are all of the social media ways to find us. I think. I'm I'm running out of steam, too. This has been a long episode, and I am tired. Um, 
yeah video monster pod on social media platforms or just video monsters wherever you get your podcasts subscribe like keep coming back eric and i have lots more fun movies to talk about coming up uh including our coverage of the 50s which i'm gonna have a lot of fun with because i've been watching way too many movies and yeah that one's gonna be a fun one so many movies so many it's quite daunting it's i i don't know where i've been finding the time staying up way too late um all right let's get back to chat did did, did you uh did you send a picture (laughs) mark andrew thank you so 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 much for joining us we always have an absolute blast whenever you're able to make it (laughs) we are certainly going to be having you back more (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have you back as often as you're willing to be here uh and we're certainly gonna have you on for our uh emmerich coverage because i mean come on how do you not want to talk about emmerich movies (laughs) it's gonna be fun yeah no thanks for having us guys it's always a blast oh man we we love you we hate that we're not able to be with you all in person but one day when this pandemic is over all right that's been it for for joining us yeah everybody be safe way to way to interrupt the ending eric Jeez. i know i'm i'm bad at the zoom shit like you know how i do things all right that's been it for this episode of video monsters okay cool i'm nathan and I'm Eric. <laughs> Thank you again to Mark and Andrew. And remember, kids, don't be racist. Don't be assholes. Remember that there is still a pandemic. Be safe. Wear your masks. Practice social distancing. Don't Go be vote. racist. Go vote. Don't be racist. Seriously, don't be racist. At yeah, there, there, there's a whole other like side conversation of like systemic racism and how being in a society that is just reinforcing it does not mean that everyone necessarily is a bad person. Um, but do everything that you can to fight against it and to stand up against racism when you see it. And seriously, don't be an asshole. Okay, I think that's it. I think I think that covers all of the words. Without getting into a political podcast, which at this point would just <laughs> be angry. And s- <laughs> Seriously, hashtag f- racism. <laughs> All right. Looking oh. at your foot? What are you doing here? <laughs> it's not my actual foot. Oh. <laughs> hey, someone else's foot, don't worry. <laughs> That's more terrifying, especially with that background. <laughs> Andrew's got a little Andrew J. Austin party going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get lonely. I just want to hang out with oh, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh.